Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Living the dream once again here on a fabulous Sports Sunday. This is Fox Sports Sunday, and we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com, we're going to help get you there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Well, Richie, here we are. We got one more preseason game. One more preseason game. Houston and New Orleans. And then next... Oh, not next week. The week after that, we actually start the regular season. Talk me off the ledge here, Richie, at the top of the show. (laughs) I know this has happened the last couple of years once they reduced the preseason from four to three games, but I'm still trying to handle the idea that we have a bye week before the first week of the regular season in the NFL. No, I get it. And uh, it is a frustration for many, not just you. Uh, <laughs> but we are geez. but we are we are still we are still a little ways away from kickoff. I did this actually midweek last week. I was talking about the NFL season. I'm like, my goodness, you can you could smell it. You could almost taste it. We're almost inside of one week away from the NFL season kicking off. Enough of this preseason and then of course like over over the talk back, which is the uh, behind the scenes mic. I hear someone in my ear go, oh, the NFL season doesn't kick off for two weeks. I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> it's just unbelievable to me. You know, yesterday I was talking to Kerry Rhodes, your former teammate with the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, this was not around this bye week before week one of the NFL regular season when you were playing. No. So... How do I'm I'm just curious now because again they're going to cut the rosters. By the way, you may remember it was a, a layered cut. It was. This this is now goes from 90 to 53 by Tuesday. 
So yeah. you have to you have to release 37 players, and I guess when you have that kind of avalanche of players being released league wide, to be fair to everybody, it gives the teams an extra week maybe to you know make some other roster moves once guys are released out there. But if you're securely on the roster, especially if you've seen very little time in the preseason and training camp is so abbreviated this day, these days, how would you approach this extra bye week to get yourself 100% ready for week one? Yeah, well, all these are good questions. So first of all, I think the reason why they kept the week instead of getting rid of it um, was because – the, just what you said. There's over 1,100 <laughs> football players who are on a NFL roster who are now all of a sudden without jobs. So those 1,100 players, now all of them aren't going to catch on to a practice squad, but among them, uh, there's going to be about, I mean, do the math. Hang on. And I will. 32 times 9, I believe, is the most you can keep on. Yeah, so about 300 of them are going to catch on for practice squads. Right. Um, you know, so look, this is this is a time of great, you know, tumult and roster change in the NFL. And maybe there's a guy available that you didn't expect to be available and uh, he clears waivers and you want to get better at the depth of your secondary or your running back stuff. This is all boring things that fans don't really care about because it has zero impact on their fantasy football team and really has zero impact on the team this year. But these are the sort of moves that sometimes can turn into into a James Harrison, you know what I mean, can sometimes turn into a Rob Ninkovich or a Danny Woodhead or a Deontay uh, Foreman, like a guy who is sort of scrap heaped. And then all of a sudden, due to injury or as you know, the years go by their NFL career, they can start developing into a, a real starting defensive or offensive talent and they can really contribute. So, yeah, I, I think that's probably the reason for the extra week. Um, but, yeah, if you're a veteran guy or if you're a coach, how you handle this week is basically how you would handle any bye week you've ever experienced. Now, yesterday was one of the most bizarre preseason performances in the history of the National Football League. It happened with the Dallas Cowboys, who just made the trade to get Trey Lance from the 49ers. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. But Will Greer has been their number three quarterback the last couple of years. He's only played in two games ever in his NFL career. His rookie season, he started a couple of games for the Carolina Panthers. Did not go well. Four picks, no touchdowns. Will Greer yesterday in the Cowboys' final preseason game against the Raiders played the whole game. Yep. He was 29 of 35, 305 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He also carried the ball. Let me get the rushing stats here. He carried the ball. He went 10, 10 for, for 53, 53 and two more touchdowns. Now, yep. after the game, he was in tears because he knows it didn't matter. Because they've already made up their mind by releasing a fourth-round pick for Trey Lance that Trey Lance will make the team and Will Greer will not. But on the other hand, the Cowboys decided, all right, Will, you're not in our future. We love you. We're going to give you every opportunity in this last preseason game to show everybody else what you got. So how do you think this is going to play out for a guy like Will Greer? 
I think it's going to play out well. Yeah. I think I at think least Will, as a backup, right? I think Will Greer has probably proven to the rest of the league that he uh, he's one of those formidable people who you can trust to go out there and perform for you. Because let's be honest with each other. Like the Dallas Cowboys, they wanted him to have a successful launch as a, as a, a swan song game. Absolutely. For him. I mean, they really did because they like this guy. They like this guy. He's been with the program for a little bit. Um, they made this trade. They feel like Trey Lance probably didn't get a fair shot or or they saw great value d- divorcing themselves with a fourth-round pick for Trey Lance and bringing him into the program. Um, they said, hey, Will, don't let us down. Go out there. Showcase yourself um, because we like you a lot. We just don't have room on the roster for this many quarterbacks and, uh, and, and get yourself a job. And, and when you have that kind of pressure on your shoulders and you go out there and you perform like that, even if this is the third preseason game and all the things we know about the preseason, it shows something. And so I'm sure all the other teams watching, including the one across the field from them, the Raiders, you never know. Um, we're impressed with that performance, and and yeah, he's solidified himself at very least for the next season, if not longer, a backup quarterback job in this league. It, it was a sensational performance. Oh, I mean, when do we ever see that in a preseason game? First of all, it's rare that you see a quarterback play the entire game, but it was clear that the Cowboys are sending the message to Will Greer. We appreciate what you've done the last couple of years. We do think you can play in this league. Obviously, you were good enough to be our number three quarterback, but we now have a guy that we think has more potential down the road. Now, um, okay, so we're going to have these roster cuts from 90 to 53. There's a number of NFL stories that we're going to get to today. I want to back up a little bit with the Josh Jacobs signing with the Raiders. And I found out almost comical where Mark Davis uh, thanked Josh Jacobs for essentially being so reasonable with his agent and agreeing to the one-year deal. It was also interesting, the Miami Dolphins, and we'll get talk about this Jonathan Taylor situation, but apparently reports are the Dolphins did inquire with the Raiders about Josh Jacobs and we're told we're not trading him. So I'm trying to still figure this thing out. Like what exactly was this all about? Because I thought once Saquon Barkley secured his one-year deal with the Giants, that it would just seem logical the Raiders immediately have a similar deal with Josh Jacobs. Ultimately they did, but why was there a delay? I just think he wanted to get paid this year. If it's going to be a one-year deal, I think he wanted to get paid this year what he felt his value was. And and maybe maybe this was a moving target. Like maybe at first Josh Jacobs was looking for a giant long-term extension, which I'm sure he was. And I'm sure his agent his agent was saying things into his ear and sa- telling him, "Well, you deserve that money because you're playing like a superstar right now." But then you have to be aware of the market. And what the market reflected was that running backs aren't getting paid like that anymore. And so whether or not you like it, which all of these running backs don't, in fact, they had that Zoom call where some of the top running backs in the league all got on the call and complained about the state of the league. And there are articles written about what the running backs can actually do, what power they have in this whole negotiation. Um, And what it really boiled down to was, a lot of guys just accepting the fact that the fight's over 
and that if they're going to ever sign a big-time, big, big long-term contract, they're going to have to play this season. So Tony Pollard was the first through that wall, signed his franchise tender with the, uh, with the Dallas Cowboys, then Saquon Barkley. Uh, and now you're seeing Josh Jacobs. And what I think was smart about his negotiation was he basically is still playing on a franchise tag, basically, except for the fact that he signed a, 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 a one-year contract with better incentives that gives him the ability to match the market value going for some of the top-paid running backs in the league. So I think it was, at the end of the day, a smart, protracted negotiation that resulted both sides in getting what they want. The Raiders want his talent. He wanted a little bit more money and to feel like he was being valued appropriately. And all's well that ends well. And frankly, last week when we were talking about this, Steve, this is exactly what I said would happen. Because what other choices does he have? Because what team out there would be even interested in paying a running back $10 million for one year? There aren't any. So he was playing for a team that needs him specifically, and they found a way to get the deal done. All right, so... Ugh, 11 days away from the first NFL regular season game. But we got plenty of NFL news coming up a little bit later in the show. But on the other side, we're going to get to the wrap-up of Week Zero in college football. The two marquee teams that were in action yesterday won some really good news and the other some real concerns. We'll break it down. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sit, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Steve Harvin, Rich Harburger, Fox Sports Sunday. We are live from the TireRack.com studios. And you football fans out there, be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Radio every Saturday and Sunday morning, three hours before kickoff, for Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. They're going to have you covered right before all of the Saturday and Sunday games, all the way through Super Bowl Sunday. You can listen to Countdown to Kickoff weekend mornings right here on Fox Sports Radio on the iHeartRadio app. And, of course, Rich, part of the Saturday show, I listen religiously uh, to you guys. Uh, By the way, yesterday was a strange day. I come into the studio, and, you know, someone yells out Hartman. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Nothing. Uh Hartman! What? Hartman, I'm here. What? <laughs> Hartman, Hartman, Hartman. I'm hearing this all day. It goes, I'm here. They're like, no, not you. Sam Hartman, the oh. quarterback. And not, this is a little unnerving for me. Now, <laughs> in the history of sports, you don't see a lot of Hartmans. No. There's not a lot of Hartmans listed that have been great. There's actually a Bill Hartman. My dad was Bill Hartman. And there is a Bill Hartman from 100 years ago who was in the College Football Hall of Fame. That always caught my eye. But now we have Sam Hartman. And this this was an eye-opening game for Notre Dame for a number of reasons, Rich. First of all, you know, and we've discussed this many times before, when you play the Naval Academy or Army and their very unique style of offense where they run the ball 95% of the time, especially in the first game of the year, it's hard to prepare because you're just not going to see offenses like that. And we've seen really good teams struggle against teams like that. Notre Dame completely shut down Notre uh, Navy yesterday. I mean, Navy got a light, late field goal, but the way that Notre Dame's defense responded week one, or in this case, week zero, tells me that that Notre Dame defense is really good and you now have a quarterback in his sixth year showing that experience counts at that position even when you're on a new team. This is a guy, Sam Hartman, who threw for nearly 13,000 yards and over 100 touchdowns at Wake Forest. He had 77 touchdown passes in just the last two years. All right, so am I getting ahead of my skis here? You know I'm a Notre Dame hater, but (laughs) Notre Dame looks real good to me. And, oh, by the way, they get USC midseason at home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, this um, this is a team that obviously was in some turmoil last year at quarterback and head coach and there are a lot of question marks hanging over them and my my the two things that I'll say to you is the navy midshipmen aren't running exactly the the same type of triple option they've always ran you know they definitely are trying to explore 
um, more of the offensive philosophies that we've seen around college football uh, and get away from that to a certain extent. And so that's going to be a rough progress or process for them. Um, but but in terms of the, the effort that Notre Dame showed uh, going out there to Ireland and taking care of business, because it's very difficult. You know, you take a team out to a foreign country, uh, especially one where, you know, for some of your your elder statesmen on campus, some of your, you know, redshirt juniors and seniors, you know, they want to explore. They want to have some fun, spend a little time in the pubs. Like, it's difficult to, to not turn a trip like that into a vacation and, and keep everybody's mind on the game. But Notre Dame went out there on a mission and they came back. I, I agree with you. Don't look past a win that big week one against a very unorthodox opponent. Uh, I don't want to take too much away from it. It's not the exact same thing that you would see normally against a Navy team, but it's it's different from the majority of your schedule, and that was a big win. Notre Dame is making progress. Remember the horrific start they had a year ago? They lost to Marshall. They lost to Stanford. I mean, that was a bad Stanford team. And then they caught fire at the end of the year. They got that program going in the right direction. Let's talk about USC. Because USC 2023 looks a lot like USC 2022. Here's oh, yeah. the most stunning stat in USC's 56-28 victory over San Jose State. San Jose State in this game had 27 carries for 198 yards. They averaged 7.3 yards a carry. Their quarterback had three touchdown passes and no interceptions. Can, can we tell the, the absolute truth about Lincoln Riley and his coaching career? Because USC looks exactly like Oklahoma did back in the day. They're a prolific offense with super talented quarterbacks, and they can score on anybody. Defense is ignored. And everyone said going into this year, predicting that SC is going to go right to the Final Four. Not with this defense. And I'm telling you, they look exactly like we saw last year when they collapsed against Utah, collapsed against Tulane. And this is San Jose State at home. I mean, this was a game still in the third quarter. And even though Caleb Williams, he made one unbelievable throw, a Heisman highlight. If this is any indication of USC's defense this year, Rich, forget it. There's no college football playoff. I'm not as sure as you are. And look, this is San Jose State. I understand that. But San Jose State, um, I they, look, to be very fair, they're not as bad as everybody thinks. Um, this is a well-coached team. This is a team that I think, I, if I have, have my memory ser- serves me correct, won eight or nine games last year. Seven and five. Were they seven and five? I thought yeah. they were I thought they were eight and four, but this uh, this San Jose State team is a long way from what they used to be. They, they used to be dog meat, you know. About a half a dec- decade ago, they were a laughing stock of the Mountain West, and I'm not saying they're one of the better teams even out of that conference in the Group of Five, but they're better than they were. Now, also, you got to remember two things about an opening game. And this is true for Notre Dame. This is true for Navy, like we were talking about those two teams. And this is as true for the Spartans as it will be for the Trojans, San Jose State and USC, the game we're just talking about now. Um, There's a lot, and I mean a lot of progress that can happen 
on both sides of the ball from week one to week two, or in this case, week zero to week one. You, this is the first time that defense has seen a different color uniform uh, for the Trojans. And the effort at San Jose State is to to test you uh, the same way that you're going to be tested all across the Pac-12. They're going to throw the ball around. That's that's what they do best. And so that's a pretty talented quarterback they have there. And uh, he did exactly what he was supposed to do, protect the football and take some shots. And he did. But USC's offense, I, well, I mean, they're, they're look, so dominant yeah. that I don't, I don't really see them. I don't really see them being slowed down all that much throughout this season, Steve. Well, again, I'm going to circle that date because USC's first half of the schedule is cream puff. But starting with that Notre Dame game, I mean, they have to play on the road against Oregon. They have to play at Utah. They got Washington. They've got a loaded back half of their schedule, and. Again, there's a pattern here. Remember this about Lincoln Riley with all the success he had, and no one's arguing about how the Utah game is at home. Okay, so they have at Notre Dame, Utah at home. They're at Oregon. They got Washington home, but it's a backloaded schedule. But here's the thing. Lincoln Riley's bowl record is one in four. So Lincoln Riley has proven that, yes, he can put together unstoppable offenses. That is not in question. But if you want to go the extra mile, if you want to play for a national championship, I mean, Georgia did not win a national championship necessarily on the strength of Stetson Bennett. <laughs> We're talking about a defense that featured over a, like a dozen first-round picks over a couple of years. And Lincoln Riley just doesn't seem that interested. Or maybe recruits don't. Now, I heard Jeff Schwartz earlier, our friend, talking about USC has talent on defense, but their scheme is asking too much of them. He's like, look, when you got four and five star recruits, just let them play. Just let them play. Make plays. Do something out there instead of coming up with some convoluted scheme that apparently they're just not working together as a unit. I mean, we'll see. But that was not good to see San Jose State average over seven yards a carry and almost 200 yards on the ground. We'll see what it goes from there. All right. We got much more in college football coming up. Full week one. That's all we got next week. Like, we got college football galore. But first... Let's find out what is trending right now. So Monsi is here today. And so Monsi, again, we were open the show today thinking, all right, preseason's over. Let's right. get ready for next week. Yes. No. No, not yet. We're still not, not two yet. weeks no, away. No, no, no. Not two yet. Sundays away. Uh I, I am gonna give a little bit of credit to Sam Hartman ah, for thank you. his rib necklace. That he's wearing. I, I can't see it with that beard. That's where I know he's not related to me. That beard is impressive. He, by okay. the way, I might have missed this. The rib necklace. Yeah, he had a rib removed. It was like a, a medical procedure, uh-huh. and they made it into like a little bit of a necklace. Like they shaved it down, and it's like a little bit. For a while, he said, "I gave it to my mom. She's gonna do something with my rib." And then they showed a picture. It's very small. Like you can't tell what it is, but I'm glad that that's how they made it. And 
and that it wasn't like this giant rib that like mom was going to carry around like a like a rabbit's foot. You know what I mean? <laughs> you mean yeah. like a rib like like the Flintstones like his, rib? Yeah, like, like one his of those? rib. Yeah. It was surgically removed. Yeah. Uh, for us, it was a medical reason. It was causing something that he needed to remove it. And when it was first removed, I remember talking about it with Dan Byer, and he was like, "I sent it to my mom. She's going to do something with my rib." <laughs> and I was like, "What are you going to do with this rib, lady?" Like, and then I saw the necklace. I was like, oh, "Okay." We took a okay. We made it into a little necklace for you to wear. So yeah, yeah. How, how was he when he was this when he was happened. a kid? Oh, no, it just no, no, happened. No, it happened oh. like within the year in the oh, off yeah. season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is this is still bizarre behavior. Yes, everybody. It is. yeah. It is. That's okay. Yeah, no. I mean, again, I really am just glad it wasn't like this giant rib that we're just gonna carry around <laughs> for good luck. You know, that it's something small and dainty. I just. <laughs> I'm just, I, 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 it's so weird for me. I mean, it would be great. Sam, when, you know, obviously we talked about him when he was at Wake Forest, especially yes. the last couple of years, yes. but <laughs> my whole life I've hated Notre Dame. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, it's like my, I mean, imagine if Sam Hartman builds on what we saw yesterday and, and oh. really gets into this Heisman chase. Yeah. Oh, no. He, yeah. he had a, a good year last year, yeah, too. Yeah, he did. Big yeah, time. He last did. couple of years. When he was out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. Mm. All right, guys, let's do a little NFL news because the Dolphins have agreed to a three-year extension with defensive lineman Zach Sealer. It's worth up to $38 million with $20 million guaranteed. And last night, receiver Daywood Davis was carted off the field during the Dolphins preseason game in Jacksonville. But good news because he has been released from the hospital and he's headed back to Miami today. In college sports, it is confirmed 100% that Arizona State is expected to self-impose a one-year bowl for the 2023 football season. This decision stems from the ongoing NCAA investigation for alleged violations that occurred under former coach Erm Edwards. And did you guys see that NASCAR crash? I did. Oh my goodness. I mean, when and you he see, climbed out of it. I, the, the car flipped, what, a dozen times? Do- easily. Yeah. Easily. And it was violent. Violently spinning. Like he climbed out of there himself. He was released. Driver Ryan Priest was released from the hospital today he said at home he even tweeted after the race quote if you want to be a race car driver you better be tough i'm coming back end quote so the safety measures that they've had in racing because i'm a big racing fan especially with the long history of the indianapolis yeah. 500 i think i remember i was looking up the roster of the 33 drivers let's say in the mid 60s at one race and within i don't know five years a third of the field was gone yeah yeah, you know, and, and variety of and you remember remember those old pictures? They would have an open cockpit, like with a helmet, like yeah. a, like a leather helmet, yes. like that's going to do anything. Right. So watching that accident, knowing that he climbed, climbed out, out of it, oh, I know, yeah. is mind boggling. I mean, I, I here's another thing. Now that he's uh, healthy and walked away from it. Um, how dizzy would you have been? Oh, getting, no. <laughs> like, how do you even find your way out of there? Right? I, I honestly think it was more than a dozen times. I think he spun something like 20 times. It just happened so fast. Like, it was incredible. Unreal. And it didn't stop. You were like, is it not going to stop? Well, I mean, it's happening so fast. In the moment, Yeah. I, I, your brain can't be up really functioning at that point. Yes, yes, yes. You're just hoping that you can open your eyes. Exactly. Wow. Oh, and unfortunate news Browns receiver and returner Jakeem Grant did rupture his patellar tendon in yesterday's preseason game at Kansas City so this guy blew Uh out his Achilles a year ago a year ago and then in a preseason game yeah and early season in the early preseason game too remind me again of why we have preseason games you know that I don't I'm not sure 
I'm not sure. At some point, they they got to say this is absurd. Yeah, there was every time I see already. somebody sees an end because of an injury in a preseason game. Why? Oh, it's awful. Why? Why? Yeah, so unfortunate. Yeah. Hi, Monsi. Thank you very much. Of we'll course. check in with you a little bit later yeah. on. By the way, we're pro- brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So, Rich, I, you know how much of a college football fan I am. I know how much of a college football fan you are. And this is the final season, at least of college football as we have known it for I don't know, the better part of 100 years. I mean, we've seen a few schools over the years. Your Nittany Lions went from being an independent to a member of the Big Ten. And, of course, Nebraska left the old Big Eight to go to the Big Ten. But we have an unrecognizable college football landscape in 24 based on what we're still watching in 2023. I mean, think about it. Next year, you're going to have Texas and Oklahoma leaving to go into the SEC. You're going to have four Pac-12 schools move into the Big Ten. You're going to have four other Pac-12 schools moving into the Big 12. A couple of uh, big Pac-12 schools moving into the ACC, most likely, meaning the Pac-12 will cease and desist. By the way, after all these years of having direct TV and no access to the Pac-12 network, I, I, I have Spectrum now. I'm actually watching the Pac-12 network in its final <laughs> in its final season. It's the farewell season. And also next year, we go from this four-school, please don't call it a playoff, to a 12-school, wow, for the first time ever, we actually have a legitimate playoff. I, I don't know how to react to this really final season of college football as we have known it for the better part of 100 years. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There's a certain... There's a certain level of nostalgia, and uh, and I think uh, there there'll be a certain level of maybe um, I guess the best way I could describe it is I'll miss it to a certain extent. Uh, but but at the same token, I'm I'm a big believer in change. Now, not all changes are great, and I definitely agree that like sometimes changes can be for the worst, and we've seen that many times. But when when a change occurs they all feel uncomfortable at first. Like, they never feel smooth at first. There's always growing pains of one, you know, one way or another, there's going to be some growing pains. So I this, this is going to be no different. Next season, getting used to saying Big Ten team, USC and UCLA or Oregon and Washington, like, I mean, that's that's bonkers. Like, that doesn't compute, really. Um, you know, the fact that the Pac-12 is legitimately, we're all joking about it now, but the Pac-12 is legitimately going to be down to four teams unless they make a change. That's bizarre, and that's uncomfortable. But what my sincere hope is, is that the Pac-12 can find a way to put together a different collection of teams and to still keep their their name and still operate as a, one of the power 5 conferences and really you know look if you if you kind of look at it if Cal and Stanford stay and they add teams like um, like a San Diego State and an SMU and we'll see what else, you know, maybe a UNLV. I, you know, there's a couple other teams, a couple other markets where they can gobble up some teams from other group of five conferences. I mean, how much different outside of TCU's most recent run 
will the Pac-12 then look than the Big 12? And the answer is really not that much different. Now, the the Big 12 did just pick up Utah, which which is a name, but but you could still put together a reasonable conference here. Um, and so outside of the nostalgia, outside of like that feeling of, oh, I'm going to miss the way college football used to be, I'm kind of excited to see what happens next. I'm sort of, I'm very interested in seeing how conference realignment lands over this next season or so. But also over this next decade, I mean, we could see a situation where maybe the Big Ten just continues to grow and gobble up more and more of these conferences to the point where they have to sever off into three separate divisions. Um, and maybe the SEC is going to do the same thing. Well, and I, I, I'm just very curious to see what direction this heads and how fast it, 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 it takes for those directions to be met. Well, here's the two words you always hear connected to college football, tradition and rivalries. The traditions don't change. Every school's got its own traditions, and game day is going to be the same. The opponents are going to be different. Here's the thing about rivalries. You know, there are rivalries that stand the test of time. You think of USC-Notre Dame. I mean, that, that rivalry is not going to go anywhere. Um, but there was there was a time, there's a, literally a whole generation of college football fans today that have no idea that Nebraska-Oklahoma used to be one of the biggest rivalries in college football. Oh, they have no idea. They yeah. have no idea because this was the big matchup and what the, the Big 12 used to be the Big 8. And Nebraska-Oklahoma were like top five ranked teams every year. And their game at the end of the year was one of those Michigan, Ohio State, Auburn, Alabama, one of those type of games. And it all ended when Nebraska left for the Big Ten. So, and then, and then you get temporary rivalries, you know, like the uh, what was it, the uh, convicts versus the Catholics. You yeah. remember that uh, when you had Miami and Notre Dame had a rivalry for a while, and then for a brief period it was Florida State. The emergence of Florida, Florida State, and Miami as football powers created some temporary rivalries. I guess. What I really want to get into, to take it a step further, though, Rich, is just some of the logistics of creating coast-to-coast rivalries and what it actually means. Because when you mix in name-image likeness, the fact that these college players now, uh, by and large, at least the biggest stars, are professionals. I mean, they're getting paid, and in, in many cases, millions of dollars. How much has this changed the dynamic in Does it even matter for rivalries? We'll get into this as we get ready for week one next week. College football is going to have sole center stage next week. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Steve Harbin and Rich Arberger, Fox Sports Sunday. We are live from the TireRack.com studios. By the way, at the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you earn doubled. Seriously. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. We're talking a little college football as we uh, really get into uh, everything next week. Full slate of games. Um, We've been talking about the changing landscape after this season for college football. I want to get into just some of the logistics here. For instance, obviously discussions going on right now of Stanford and Cal joining the ACC. You have West Coast schools now scattered all over the place, whether they're in the Midwest and the Mid-North, East Coast. I mean, it's it's coast to coast right now. And somehow we're still trying to hang on to that idea of a student athlete. 
when in reality now these are paid professionals. Should we look at this completely differently now because of name image likeness and what we're asking our student athletes to do in terms of traveling coast to coast and some of the other inconveniences that really were not part of what they were i mean you know it's everything was very regional you didn't have long to travel occasionally there was some you know early season game everywhere you had a cross-country trip that this is going to go on on a regular basis now with these conferences scattered all over the country should we ask more of today's student athlete now that the money's going into their pockets? Ask more of the student athletes? Yeah. I mean, mean, they are paid professionals now, are they not? So you're, they've always been. They've always been. Let, let's be very clear. Like, even if you are a walk-on on a football team, there were certain things that you were receiving that other students couldn't receive. You know, the access you had, some of the meals that were provided, the travel. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's part of being a part of this group. And walk-ons in many cases are paying the entirety of their school tuition. But so are the rest of the students on campus. The my the reason why, let, let's be very honest with each other, the only reason why these athletes haven't been considered professionals is because these universities don't want to give them the rights that other workers get to enjoy in this country. That's it. That's it. That's the whole thing. So that's the reason why the NCAA is a nonprofit. That's the reason why these players were only paid with tuitions for a very long time. And the reason why this is all changing is because there's been outcry from these players who have, in their own words, felt like they've been taken advantage of for all these years and want to start doing something about it. And so you saw coalitions forming not, you know, a couple of years ago during the pandemic, you know, and and you saw like the potential for players to begin unionizing. And all of these conferences and all of these universities looked at each other and they were like, "Uh uh-oh, can't do that. Can't allow them to unionize because then all of a sudden we'll be on the hook for a lot more money than we are now. So they allowed for name, image, and likeness to occur. And so, yeah, I'm not against any of this. I'm not against the travel, the logistics. Like, And to be perfectly honest with you, that's the university and the conference's problems. That's not the problems of the players. Now, yeah, I mean, there'll be some players who say, hey, it's really difficult to study for, you know, my my history final when I'm I'm logging 6,000 miles over a weekend to play against, you know, some some team in the Northeast, you know, like a Penn State. If I'm if I'm a a player on on a, a a UCLA or a USC I mean, okay, that's that's a gripe. I get it. You know, a, a late season game against Rutgers for UCLA um, may may get in the way of the final schedule for some of those players. But but I I I I, got, I, I honestly feel like the people who are going to be complaining about this the most, the loudest are the schools because they're going to have to commit more money in their budget to traveling not only the football team and the basketball team, which makes some profit for their, their athletic program, but also the track teams. The Olympic sports. The, the, yeah, the Olympic sports, the softball team, yeah. uh, the, the volleyball teams. Like, that's where the rubber really meets the road. Yeah, it's, again, you, you can have a game plan, and we talk about how much money is being doled out to each one of these schools, and it looks good, 
but you haven't applied it yet. No. So you you if you know it looks all right. Well, we have a budget of thirty million dollars. Well, that should cover it. And then a couple of years in, they're like, uh, we're in trouble. I mean, UCLA. To give you an idea, when UCLA desperately hooked on with USC to join the Big Ten. The UCLA athletic department was a hundred million dollars in the red. You're like, how how's that possible? How could your athletic department have that kind of deficit? It tells you the cost of maintaining these athletic programs. Again, not just the revenue sports. Another problem for UCLA is they play in a half empty Rose Bowl. Yep. They're they're not filling up 80,000. They get thirty thousand, sometimes twenty thousand fans. So it's going to be interesting to see if down the road all this money grab is not going to be enough. And then what do you do? So they're going to have to figure this out uh, down the road. All right, we're going to get back to the NFL, and there was obviously one huge story concerning a team that thinks they have their franchise quarterback. Do they? We'll break it down. This is Fox Sports Sunday. All right, rolling along here on another big sports Sunday, Fox Sports Sunday. We're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com, we're going to help get you there in unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. And by the way, Rich, our second grand winner will be drawn today. To win a set of four brand new tires at the Summer of Tyrax Sweepstakes, the winner will receive a set of four tires plus installation taxes and fees valued up to $1,500. Enter now at FoxSportsRadio.com. Free to register. You also get bonus entries into the sweepstakes by following Fox Sports Radio on social media and by following the Fox Sports Radio channel in the iHeart app. To enter and get rules, visit FoxSportsRadio.com, sponsored by Tyrax.com. The way tire buying should be. It actually says our second grand winner. I believe it's our third grand winner. So, uh, you know, congratulations that those have won. And today's the final winner. So, uh, hey, I'll take four brand new tires any day of the week. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> no, at that all. is a good thing. All right, Rich, I, I want to get to this 49ers story. And, you know, I was hearing our, our buddy Colin Coward the other day lashing out at the critics, you know, being critical of the uh, complete bust drafting of Trey Lance and all the draft capital because they got their franchise quarterback in the seventh round. So I did a little research on Brock Purdy's numbers last season compared to Jimmy Garoppolo. Last year, Jimmy Garoppolo, starting 10 games, completed 67.2% of his passes. Brock Purdy, who started five games, completed 67.1. Same. Mm. Touchdown to interception ratio. Brock Purdy was 13 touchdowns, four picks. Garoppolo was 16 touchdowns, four picks. Right. Both of them had passer ratings Almost identical. In fact, if you look at these numbers across the board, there is very little to distinguish what Garoppolo did last season and what Brock Purdy did last season. Now, we know this about Jimmy Garoppolo because we talked about this for years, Rich. In games that Jimmy Garoppolo started under Kyle Shanahan 
as opposed to those games that he didn't start. It was like night and day, a complete reversal of fortune for the 49ers when Jimmy Garoppolo was starting and when he wasn't starting. That changed to Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy became Jimmy Garoppolo. So you wanted to move Garoppolo out. You get a seventh-round pick for next to nothing, and he turns out to be exactly that, another Jimmy Garoppolo. The idea that that Purdy is a franchise quarterback, well, you could say Garoppolo was. He just couldn't stay healthy, and already Purdy's had his first injury in that conference championship game. But I don't know if everyone – I mean, it's a great story. Believe me, you know, Mr. Irrelevant becomes, you know, a top-flight quarterback. I'm just not quite there yet because, again, Purdy – Last year did exactly what Garoppolo was already doing when you have a Debo Samuel, when you have a Christian McCaffrey, when you have a George Kittle, when you have an Ayuk, when you have these, you know, it's like handing the keys to the Lamborghini. So I, I you know, I, I hope Purdy does plays well. I don't think they really require that much out of the quarterback position. If Garoppolo was good enough, then I guess Purdy's good enough. But I don't feel comfortable with the idea that Purdy is a next-level quarterback when in reality he's exactly what Jimmy Garoppolo was. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I I don't understand the overhype on Brock Purdy. Now, I I think this is more regionalized. I think it's mostly 49ers fans who have become very defen- depend or uh, dependent, yes, but also defensive of Brock Purdy. But I also think there have been some analysts who played football or have watched football or written about football for their entire lives and are watching Brock and, and probably making more out of the very short sample size that we experienced last year than, than they really should. Look, I'm not saying he can't be the next Tom Brady and he can't go on to smash passing records and become something that – many wouldn't expect a last overall pick could become in the NFL, including, by the way, the San Francisco 49ers, because the only reason why they drafted them, drafted him is because they had an empty spot on their quarterback roster and, and they needed a warm body for camp. And it saves you the time of going out and finding an undrafted free agent. You could just draft the guy because, hey, maybe he was the next on your board anyways. Okay, off to the races we go. If you ask Kyle Shanahan or John Lynch, hey, how much faith are you going to put put in Brock Purdy being the guy this season to lead you guys to the NFC Championship game? They would have told you zero on draft day. And that's okay because sometimes – luck or life works out this way but to sit here and to say Brock Purdy is I don't know even a Jimmy Garoppolo or even a Kirk Cousins or even a Dak Prescott these are some of the comparisons I've been hearing Kirk Cousins has done this for a decade Dak is getting close Jimmy Garoppolo, he's been hurt a lot, but has an enormous sample size of games that we could go back and talk about. His statistical achievements over a course of a career, playoff record. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has been doing this for a very long time. It's almost insulting to compare Brock Purdy to any of those names yet because he hasn't done anything in this league yet. Actually, that's not being fair. What he did was admirable 
what he did was impressive and in some cases amazing. The level of composure that he showed playing in games of that, uh, of that importance as a rookie uh, and, and, and performing as well as he did, that cannot, be, that cannot be overlooked because that is a really big deal. But Brock Purdy has everything to prove still. And for anybody out there who's listening to this, who has that like defensiveness, you know, growing inside of them, that the hair on the back of your neck is starting to stand up because I'm talking bad about Brock Purdy. I'm not talking bad about Brock Purdy. All I'm saying is we don't have enough evidence at the NFL level to know who the hell this guy is. So stop making these bold proclamations that you know, that he's the next Montana or Young or better than Trey Lance or uh, as good as a Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo. Because guess what? We don't know yet. There were people out there who were saying RG3 is going to be a Hall of Famer after his rookie season. Okay? We saw how that worked out. Now, is it all his fault? No. He had a horrific knee injury. He never really recovered from it. His career in the NFL spiraled after that. Colin Kaepernick, same thing in San Francisco, for crying out loud. People were saying, this is the man who is going to shepherd in the new era of the NFL. He is the face of the new dual-threat quarterback, and everybody's going to try to copy what the Niners are doing. Well, guess what? He fizzled out, too. Like there, 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 are, there are moments in the league where everybody's hair sets on fire and they start saying things that don't really make sense. This is one of them. We have no idea who Brock Purdy is yet. It's, right. We just don't have enough evidence. It is way too early to call him a franchise quarterback. Let's, way too early. So let's let's get back to the Trey Lance Dale. You, you and I were on the air. We were talking about when the 49ers traded three number ones to move up. <laughs> To get this third overall pick. And we didn't know which direction. We started hearing rumors they're going after Mac Jones. I'm like, Mac Jones? You're going to trade up for Mac Jones? As it turned out, if they really wanted Mac Jones, they could have stayed at 12 and gotten him. um, Because he went on the board after that. So, as it turned out, when they announced Trey Lance, the thought process was, and I, I think going back to the Kansas City Chiefs going after Patrick Mahomes, they had... Alex Smith, who's like Jimmy Garoppolo, right? I mean, Alex Smith is a very serviceable, he's won a lot more games than he has lost, but Andy Reid and the Chiefs felt, we need to get a quarterback that can take us to the next level. So they go after Patrick Mahomes, and it's been pure gold, obviously, ever since. But you had to be realistic with Trey Lance. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who literally, over the last five years, has played in less than 20 games. I mean, even at the collegiate level, you're talking an FCS quarterback at North Dakota State. And if you don't know everything about North Dakota State, they're like an FBS school playing FCS football. That's why they win the championship. Seemingly, they won five in a row at one point. They just have more talent than the teams they're playing against. Still, they had no interceptions, 28 touchdowns, ran for 1,100 yards. It all looked good. But this 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 was a Kyle Shanahan pick. Let's let's make no mistake about this. He felt like I need in my head the genius offense that I have that I I need a quarterback that can do more when in reality he had the quarterback that he needed in Jimmy Garoppolo. He just couldn't stay healthy and we'll see whether or not Brock Purdy can stay healthy cuz you don't need 
to have a lot of extras out of your quarterback when you got the skill players that the 49ers have. So I think Kyle Shanahan overplayed his hand in terms of what he envisioned that he could take his his offense to, you know, new levels that we've never seen before. When in reality, he already had an offense that was operating as well as it possibly can. And now he has, again, another Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy that can get the ball to the right guys in the right spot, and everything is good. So I, there is no excusing the 49ers for this. None. No, It was no. a disastrous trade. And by the way, if you look at you're, players you're, they wait, could have gotten in the draft. You're talking about the trade to get Trey Lance. To get Trey okay, Lance. Okay. I mean, they, they, it was the 12th pick. I, I, I don't know. They could have gotten a certain linebacker in that draft that uh, is now playing with the Dallas Cowboys. How would he look on their defense? Yeah, I Micah mean, Parsons is yeah. okay. He's worked out. Look, here, here's the thing I will say about Trey Lance. Did he get uh, enough of a shot to make any bold proclamations? That's a fair question. About, about him? And my answer to that question is no. But there are much different expectations on a pick who's taken in the top five than there are on, for example, picks that are taken in the seventh round. Look, I, I mean, if you pay somebody, I don't know, 20 bucks because they're doing your neighbor's lawn to come over and mow your lawn real quick because, yeah, your back's hurting and you don't want to get all the lawn gear out and they do kind of a half-assed job. But you know what? It's 20 bucks. Here's 20 bucks. You know, hmm. at least the lawn's cut, whatever. <laughs> but if you're going to pay someone $100,000 or $150,000 to completely uh, uh, demolish the outdoor landscape and hardscapes and put in brand new trees and pour you a drive way out of concrete and build you a, a slate path up to your front doorway and a deck out back and they do half-ass work, you're going to have a big problem with that because it's a difference of investment. A $20 bill to the kid who's mowing your neighbor's lawn to come over and take down the to, – to, to, to save your back for a weekend – versus somebody who you're going to make a substantial investment with, you're, you're going to have very different feelings about those two jobs. And so with Trey Lance, for example, I, I mean, compare him to any quarterback in this league who has taken in the top five, and you're going to feel like even in that conversation, it was disappointing because you're expecting somebody to walk through the doors and change the face of the franchise forever. Like, that is the amount. And if you're going to trade first-round capital to go up and get this player, even more so you're saying that this is going to be a franchise-changing player. Because guess what? When you invest those picks into that player, mm. you're you're leveraging the future of your franchise. Now, I don't think it it's as consequential as some people will say. Well, that affects your you know your ability to build for a decade. No, that's not true. It hurts you for about three years, and when that three year timer went off in John Lynch's head and Kyle Shanahan's head, they said, you know what? So, sometimes you just got to fold the the hand. Sometimes you just have to move on and say, we missed. You know, we try to bluff our way through the river and and, and get to the final draw. We can't do it anymore. So here we go. We're folding the hand. Uh, Dallas, what is it? A fourth rounder? Okay. At least we got something for him. And that's exactly what happened. The expectations were insanely high. He wasn't able to produce due to injury. And, and by the way, when he got out there, you know, it didn't look great. So 
Whether or not you believe he got a fair shake, which I I agree with you. It's too short of a sample to argue that he's a terrible quarterback at the NFL level. I don't believe in that. I I think he needs a fresh start elsewhere, but it did not work for the 49ers, and they did the only thing they could do, which is get rid of him. All right, and and we'll get into why the Cowboys, of all teams, were interested in Trey Lance a little later. But on the other side, I want to get to the importance of outcomes – in preseason games, especially for one team, one team that we may have really found out a lot about this team and their coach in this preseason. Tell you which team that is. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Steve Hartman, Rich Ormberger, Fox Sports Sunday. We are live from the TireRack.com studios. Now, as we get ready for two weeks from today, Rich. Yeah. Iowa Sam, who has had... Sam, am I overstating it? You've had a crazy schedule over the last month plus here at Fox Sports Radio. Is that accurate? Yes, and I was just talking to Rich about it, actually. About the last six weeks to two months, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, you've been all over overnights, you yep. know, the day. I mean, just you, you don't know where you are half the time. I don't know. I don't know what day it is. I don't know month. I only know that college football is like, it's starting soon. But uh, is it still August or is it December? I don't know. Well, the point I want to make here, Sam, is that for those that have listened to us over the years here on our uh, Fox Sports Sunday, especially during the NFL season, our Red Zone Radio. Um, you are a huge part of this, and you informed us that you're not going to go the distance this year with us. You'll start the season, but 
due to where you're needed here yes at fox sports radio eventually you'll be off sundays yeah i won't be here on the weekends and probably the next two to four weeks mm. i'm going to be uh the overnight tech producer for the ben maller show and two pros and a cup of joe monday through friday so mm. sadly i was just telling rich i'm gonna miss you and miss rich and everybody monsey that i'm only gonna be around like four or five people regularly mm-hmm. most most of the time now, Rich, you know how we always operate on NFL Sunday because we have, you know, eight, nine, ten games going on simultaneously. We need a lot of eyes on the games. Open yeah. mics for everybody. Um, <clears throat> this is, um, yeah. first of all, it's going to be sad to uh, to see Sammy go. Mm. Um, let me ask you this question. Is there any way with the overnight schedule that you're going to be doing during the weekdays <laughs> for you to mm. hang in there for one more for one last ride, <laughs> kind of like Fast and the Furious, is it possible? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I I don't quite get the um, the days off. I would uh-huh. like it's it's uh-huh. it's the, the weeks are longer when I do it like yeah. this. Right, yeah, right, 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 right. And it's not well. the consistency is is not there. Yeah, he's so. still working on his eating schedule. More importantly, his sleep <laughs> right. schedule. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, it's it's a challenge for him. It's, we'll see. Yeah. We're we're gonna milk every every second of it. Oh yeah, I'm, on these Sundays, I, you'll still get a few weeks. Ring you drive. Yes, <laughs> just watch. And I will miss being here during the action, and co- especially college football Saturdays, where you have what 30, 40, 45 games going on. Yes, you know during the day, and then NFL Sundays are just a blast. We are playing so many highlights, and you guys are reacting in real time, and I get to see Rich in person, and it's just well. First of all, when you talk about uh, it's a blast. Saturdays, there's really two games on. Iowa and yeah. Iowa State. I mean, those, <laughs> well, those, are, those are the only two games I see Sam watching. You we, know? we have uh, plenty and of... of course, they have their rivalry game. With yes, yes. Game. Well, I don't know if anybody will actually suit up for that rivalry game based on all the uh, the, the gambling scandal that's, that's been s- sweeping through the state. The there last will be more eyeballs on those schools this year than ever before. <laughs> they become very notorious. Yeah. Um, all right, I want to I get to a team. Again, preseason outcomes are meaningless. Uh, the one I believe the Owen 16 Lions team back in the day had an undefeated preseason. So w- whatever happens record wise in the preseason has zero bearing on the regular season. Let me, let me preface by saying that. However, for certain teams, especially teams coming off bad seasons, the preseason is an opportunity for maybe a little attitude adjustment, right? It's sort of like a reset. All right, we erased last year. Let's maybe get a little more out of the preseason. Maybe an outcome, you know, walk off the field a winner instead of a loser. Just to remind ourselves of what it's all about. Which brings me to the Los Angeles Rams. Mm. Two years ago, Super Bowl champions. Last year, they were 5-12. and Here were the scores of their three preseason games this year. They lost to the Chargers, 34-17. They followed that up with a loss to the Raiders, 34-17. And they wrapped it up yesterday against the Broncos, losing 41-0. Sean McVay called it a humbling night. Not a lot of coaches talk about humbling nights in a game that means nothing in terms of a record. But this team 
is lost right now. Now, granted, they're not playing their frontline players, and we talked earlier, in fact, a little bit later on the show last week, Rich, we got into some of our predictions on over-under wins for teams in the Eastern and Western Conferences. We're going to take a look at some of the North and South teams today. Yeah. But, I mean, am I right about this with the Rams? I mean, they look... 41 to nothing. I don't care hang on, hang if it's on, in the on. parking lot. I mean, I mean, and by the way, uh, you know, their, their young quarterback out of Georgia, Stetson Bennett, uh, I think it was 4 of 14 or something like that, two interceptions, 14 yards. It, it, it was bad. I mean, hang I. Hang on. You, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Because uh, you told me all last year. <laughs> yes. You all last year, you, it's an aberration. The Rams will be back. Well, well, this is what I said is I have faith that when you have Hall of Famers, in weight, like Matthew Stafford may be, and Aaron Donald definitely is, and Cooper Cup, certainly if he comes back from this injury uh, and he becomes anything resembling what he was when he left, um, the Rams are going to be very good at receiver. They're going to be very good up front on the defense, as they always are, and they've got a quarterback who can run this offense and make every throw. Um, They're going to struggle if they have any, and I mean any injuries. No depth. They have zero depth. Um, but I'm a big fan of uh, your buddy, someone you and your family have gotten close to, Tyler Higby. Yes, think. the great tight end, Tyler Higby. I think he's a budding star at that position. I really do. Yes. I think he's You're a talented eight for guy. Him. He's not just a young player. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I like that. He reminded me, I told you we had dinner with him and Eric Dickerson, and yeah. he said, and Eric's like, so what is this? Like, you're four or five? He goes, actually, it's my eighth. Year. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's Time interesting. Flies it's in interesting game. when, but honestly, he's yeah. been a guy who's kind of been slowly roiling in the background and coming off his most productive season. Yeah, he's 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 coming into his own as an NFL player. And sometimes, look at Geno Smith. I mean, Geno Smith, similar story. Year eight, mm. and all of a sudden, he signs a giant contract with the Seahawks to be their starting quarterback for Has the next. Has Sean McVay lost it? Well, I no, I think when I say you're you're you need to pump the brakes what I mean is if if we can say that preseason is not a determinable measure to look at and have any sort of prediction on what the regular season is going to look like for the players, then you have to say the same thing about the coaches and including what they say because Sean McVay to me handled that press conference and I saw a little bit of it with the the same level of weight and heft that he would a regular season press conference because he's practicing too look the Rams may be in for a long season or maybe they'll surprise some people you know it's it's not like every single team you look at in the NFC West are world beaters Seattle Based on the insanely good play of their quarterback last year, they they found a way to to become something. Otherwise, that would have been a dreadful season for them. By the way, they're banged up heading into this season. Arizona looks like the worst team on paper in the NFL heading into this year. So they're really only competing with the 49ers in their division to start the year. Seattle could get healthy, et cetera, et cetera. But you follow me, like the Rams may not be in that all of that of bad shape. Um, unless they get bit by the injury bug again. And and with Sean McVay, you have to take these games seriously, but it's not weighing on him. I promise you he lost no sleep after that he game. He was the one that said it was a humbling 
Nine. All right. So let you me can get, say let me, whatever you want, though. Right, it doesn't right. mean that's what he's feeling. It's it's the preseason, Steve. He I, knows. I, I know this is why I said it. It is the preseason. It means nothing. But I, I this team needs an attitude adjustment. I mean, yeah. Again, again, during the but, but Stone through who is the, 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 the radio attitude, analyst. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Yeah. Are you going to get the, uh, the, the attitude adjustment you need when you are literally playing the majority of the players who saw the field yesterday? are not going to be on the roster. I understand, but I go back, and I mentioned this a couple times last year, Maurice Jones-Drew, UCLA legend. Yes. And he's the radio analyst for the Rams. I guess it was I was tuning in uh, one of their broadcasts, another Rams ugly loss last year. This was probably week 12 or 13, and he just shocked me because obviously he'd seen every second of every game, and he said, I have yet to see an inspired Ram team this season. Like once, I haven't seen this team once showed up with any inspiration. I mean, that that's a harsh comment from a guy that played the game, who had seen every game. And again, I, I get back to the whole Sean McVay. You remember everyone was talking about, a lot of people were talking retirement after that championship, right? Aaron Donna was talking retirement. Sean McVay was flirting with the idea of maybe bolting into some broadcast job and everything else. And you know how this works, Rich. If, if suddenly that idea that you're retiring creeps into your head, it's tough to get it back. And I, I, I we'll see. I, I, I One final question on this Ram thing for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The over-under is six and a half. Yeah. Now, a lot of people, they tune in, obviously, to count down to kickoff, to hear your picks. There are people that are betting their life savings based on some of your selections. <laughs> which I would highly recommend. That is a I, good decision. I mean, you guys have been talking future picks, future picks. We're going to have more future picks on the show coming up next hour. But are you still leaning over six and a half? Again, a seven and ten season. Seven and ten for a team with Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, seemingly healthy right now. Are you still leaning over six and a half for the Rams this season? Yeah, um, I I look at this team as being better than advertised. Mm. Now again, this is assuming that they can stay healthy, and it's a rough assumption based on the fact that the three names that you know and you talk about the most when you talk about this roster, all three of them got hurt last season. But Aaron Donald saying all the right things um, when he was asked all the way back in the spring whether or not he considered retiring this off season, he said, honestly, not. He goes, it never really crossed his mind in the least bit this offseason. Like, this sounds like a guy who's ready to play a full season of football, who's ready to add to his legacy. Um, the the letter that went out to Rams season ticket owners um, from Les Need, the general manager of the Rams, said that they are still aiming to be a playoff team this year. Now, obviously, they didn't go all in like they did in several other years, and they made some moves that wouldn't encourage the fan base to feel great about the prospects of uh, of a quick reload but you still have stars both on the defense and the offense of this roster and you have a, a a very talented head coach again assuming health and that's assuming a lot in the nfl i think they can beat uh an 11 loss record because that's what we're talking about here if the Ram- if the rams lose 10 games you win that bet yes so yeah, I'm that's taking, how crazy it is. I'm, t- I'm taking the over. Yeah, I I still lean that way, but man, the preseason, woof, that was that was it's 41 nothing to the Broncos. Wow. No, uh, stop reading too deeply into I the don't preseason. Know. Maybe, well, Sean Payton obviously wanted to prove something by putting a big number up there. Let, He's let me to ask you this: Who do you trust season. more? Who do you trust more this season? 
Who do you trust more this season? Right now, the Denver Broncos or the Rams? That is a good question. I'll get to that on the other side. But for, I have to think about that for a second. I really do. All right. Uh, but first, let's find out what is trending right now. Can you ever imagine, Monty, like retirement? No. I mean, I mean that's so no. far. Monty, no. absolutely not. Well, no. obviously not now. But Ever. I mean, you know. She is many, a tiny robot sent from outer space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's she is right. on the radio 24 hours is, a day, seven days a week. Is retirement big in your family? No. My dad is, my dad retired and still works. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? He's like, I can't. Well, I you can't have to be do something, obviously. Yeah, but for you sure. You know how it is. People retire from jobs. And then my mom, she retired from teaching, but she volunteered and yeah. did a lot of, she was, I think, Busier even in so-called retirement. By the way, I've heard that before, like from from other people, (laughs) and like you know, like you'll have family members sitting around the dinner table. It's like, yeah, I retired, but I still work. I just can't stay home. Exactly. Well, what the crazy thing is, is when somebody says that, it like. What they're saying is with you people. Right. Yeah. Right. I, always, I yeah. always love when I hear guys. They say, "Well, I want to. I want to spend more time with my family." It's like that's not going to last very then, long. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then after one day, you're like, "Okay, that's yeah. enough time." Yeah, that is enough. I got to get out of the house. You know, like but now. But but f- some families like each other. I'm going to go back to Sam Hartman because I got you all Thank the details. You. Okay, so he had. Paget Schroeder syndrome. So part of his treatment was to undergo the procedure to get rid of blood clots, which wow. was removing the rib closest to the collarbone to prevent any further blood clotting. That's why it had to be removed. And it, it's one thing to remove yes. a rib. It's yes. another to wear the rib. Right. So then yes. he sent it to his mother and his mother had to put it in the freezer. Why? So she could remove the flesh. Oh my! <laughs> okay, I, I can officially say that Sam Hartman and his family have no relation. I'm telling you right now, to my side of the Hartman family. Notre Dame is going to win every game this season. Because that's what mom does. That is, she I mean, that is the flesh. She re- that and it had to go family. in the freezer in order to be able to remove the flesh. So, Rich, you know, you know this food process. So, I'm if you had a up. human rib. And you had to remove the flesh. How yeah. exactly would you go about that? I mean, I guess I would use a boning knife. I, I mean, I I don't even really want to answer this question. I, do you put it in a deep boil? Does it, the uh, meat come uh, off? Guys, uh, Hannibal Lecter on line two. Thank you. <laughs> a little Chianti. Right, Probably right. goes well with that. Yeah. Put some fava beans. Well, let, let's move on to baseball because you cannot tell me it is not romantic. The Nationals and the Marlins are playing, and there's a video on social media of National second baseman. Idelmaro Vargas. He, they're about to switch innings, or like you know, switch, and he leaves a little bowl of bubble gum on the floor for second baseman Luis Arraez. So Luis goes onto the field. He fields the ball. They're about to start another inning, and he grabs the gum, puts it in his pocket. Tell me, baseball is not romantic. Wow. <laughs> Shut up, because it is. Right. Marlins are beating the Nationals. Got some two interesting stories today, Marcy. <laughs> two to one. It's about the start the fifth inning. Padres and Brewers tied at one apiece, top of the second inning. Rangers have scored first against the Twins. It's 1-0. They're about to start the third inning. Yankees and Rays were tied. Not anymore. Anthony Volpe puts New York on top with a two-run homer. It's 4-2. They're about to start the bottom of the fourth inning. Astros blanking the Tigers 2-0. The Guardians have taken the lead over the Blue Jays. They were tied. Not anymore. 4-2. Bottom of the fourth inning. And James Outman has hit a solo shot, putting the Dodgers on the scoreboard first against the Red Sox. It's 1-0 zero top of the fourth inning 
Back to you guys. It's good thing you're getting these stories out of the way now because you know in two weeks you're going to be doing scores, scores, stats, scores, stats, scores, stats. I won't be able to tell you about a rib or how romantic baseball is. Exactly. All right, Monsi, we'll check in with you a little bit later on with more of these great stories here. Uh, By the way, we're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. All right, coming up on the other side, our one non-football story. One non-football story of the day. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Steve Hartman and Rich Arberger, Fox Sports Sunday. We are live from the TireRack.com studios. Coming up in the next hour, we're going to dive into the northern divisions of the NFC and the AFC as far as over-under wins. And, of course, since Rich now is very much a part of the gambling community. Um, and, by the way, very quick note here, Rich. Yeah, uh, what do you got? You tend to lean unders as opposed to overs. Well, and, um, and that, by the way, and that's on point totals as well. And I've heard crack, by the way, similarly. Everyone likes to bet overs. Everyone likes to bet overs. They all bet overs. You know, more is better. And the smart gambler sees some golden opportunities with unders. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, full disclosure, the two unders that I had on my list for week zero did not hit. Mm. Um, USC, San Jose State, yeah, so that was no a line set at 66 and a hook. Yeah. Took the under there. That went well over. And then the first half, I took the under for Hawaii visiting all the way out in Tennessee to face Vandy. Mm. Um, the first half point total was 29 and a half. I figured it was going to be a slow start for the the rainbows, and then also the lightning delay. Like there was uh, everything mm. was looking up Ornberger, and then they actually took the field and <laughs> cumulatively scored yeah. thirty five points in the first half. So yeah, Here, um, here's the one thing: bet under on every San Diego State football game this year. <laughs> can, can we do that? I think that's safe. All right, I want to get to this one non football story because obviously it was a huge story: the shutdown of Shohei Otani. Uh, with this arm injury, uh, and it's hard to gauge exactly because I, I was talking to Kerry Rhodes about this. What is it? U R L? Is that what the uh, injury is? U U C L U C L. Yeah, yeah. The, you're talking about the elbow ligament. Yeah, the right. UCL. Now again, he's hitting. In fact, he hit another home run. So I'm trying to figure this out because I was I was under the impression that Bryce Harper had this injury and he had to sit out several months. So I, I'm still trying to figure out the seriousness of the injury, and obviously the big question is now, how does this affect free agency for Shohei Otani? I'm not so sure that he doesn't want to just shut it down anyway from a pitching standpoint. You know, if you start to feel a little discomfort in your arm and your team's going nowhere and the Angels are not going to somehow backdoor into a wild card spot in the American League, why go there? Um I, I I mean, are we looking at all this hundreds of millions of dollars out the window because of this injury? How do you think this is going to play out? Look, I, I think it's very possible that with this injury, he's lost potentially hundreds of millions of dollars that he could have earned because there's going to be teams out there who are going to take pause before considering um, paying that 
level of contract to a player, even a player of his stature and caliber at the plate. Because what you were essentially paying for before this injury was a great hitter and a great pitcher and a healthy player. And now, especially considering the nature of elbow injuries, especially associated with the UCL, uh, and that is the Tommy John ligament in the elbow, you you have to take a deep breath and decide whether or not you want to commit six or $700 million in contract value to a single player. Because think of it this way. Like, okay, so even if he's the most expensive hitter who's ever been signed by a baseball team, you know, say uh, whatever, it, it, he ends up signing a $500 million contract or a right. $450 $50 million. $50 a year, 10 years. There something, Yeah, something crazy like that. Well, if you compare it to some of the valuations that we were seeing for Shohei Otani prior to the elbow injury, like $750 million – what you could do with that uh, that $250 million you didn't spend is go out and potentially spend that money on an ace or maybe even two aces. Like, it, it, it's – it's so, I look, the finances of sports get really tricky when you talk about injury situations. And so I know the entire baseball media collectively were apoplectic when he hurt his elbow and talking about some of the limitations he's going to have for the remainder of the season and what this is going to mean about his future. I, I think he'll probably still return to pitching, uh, even if he does have a second Tommy John surgery. I think that's one of the things that was most important to show Shohei Otani when he came to the United States to play professionally was he doesn't want to just be a hitter. He doesn't want to just be a pitcher. He doesn't want to specialize in either. He wants to do both. So whether that means he's going to be a bullpen arm of some sort or if he's going to be a starting pitcher again, I think whoever signs this contract may actually get him for more of a value because I don't think his pitching days are over. Yeah, John Pomerosi will join us in our final hour today. We'll get an update there. But I I look at it this way, and this is even before this latest injury. If if you're going to pay for Shohei Otani in terms of his value to you as a pitcher, you're looking for him to pitch in the postseason. Yes. And so – he can't be – I mean, if you look at these last three years, he had 23, 28, and 23 starts this year, right? He is a 20 to 25-game starter, not 30. Especially if you go deep in the playoffs, Rich, you're looking at your top pitchers, six or seven starts. So my point with Otani is, honestly, I am spot-starting you. I don't see how it's practical to be a reliever. I wouldn't even go that route. But I do think if you have like 20 starts, just to sort of keep them in the mix, with the idea being we want you fully going and healthy once we get to the postseason because that's why we need you because pitching wins postseason runs. We see it year after year after year. The teams that have the hot pitchers suddenly come away with World Series championships. So, uh, again, it's going to be very interesting. It really only comes down to a couple teams, you know, suddenly get hot for the idea of getting Otani in the roster. That could drive the number up. Or, or... Maybe the Angels are still in the mix. I, I I have a hard read on Shohei Otani. But again, John Pomeroso will give us an update on a final hour. Coming up on the other side, though, over-under wins. We're going to get focus on the northern divisions of the NFL. Some ugly numbers, by the way. Keep it here. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Continuing our march to Sunday's 
that'll be frantic. Talking about the start of the regular season, the NFL, two weeks from today. Technically, of course, we have the Thursday matchup between the Chiefs and the Lions. That's still 11 days away. Folks, you're you're in for it because next week there is no NFL football. But we have a lot of college football. Uh, a reminder, we're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. Uh, TireRack.com, we're going to help get you there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So last week, Rich, uh, we dove into these over-under wins for teams in the NFC East, AFC East, NFC West, and the AFC West. So today we're going to be focused in on the other divisions around the National Football League because these future bets are huge, right? I mean, you do. I, I By the way, I listened to you yesterday. And so you guys are doing something interesting here. So on the countdown to kickoff show, you, you, you had something about $100. Yeah. You're betting, or $500, right? $500 Myth, total. Mythical, mythical money. Yeah, of fictitious money, right? And you had so. to make five picks. Mm-hmm. I, I heard crack immediately. Who, who, was, who was with you? It was me. It was Brian Nell and Jared Smith. Right. So I believe it was Jared. He came in with the idea, well, do I have to, can I do four, <laughs> four picks for the 500 or... Something along those lines. Uh, who? What were your five picks, by the way? By the way, everyone assumed you were only going to talk college football, and then you interjected some NFL football. Well, yeah, originally, like I the think, rules are being made up as you went. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure uh, originally everybody was was thinking since we're counting down to. <laughs> by the way, up. this is something you and I did constantly. Oh yeah, where we are changing rules as we went <laughs> to favor one of us. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it, and they're not quite as used to this as as I am. So yeah, yeah. so I uh, I yeah. was like, oh no 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 no, this is how we're gonna do it. Yeah. So anyway, so the way it works is yeah, you take. Yeah. 500 fictitious dollars that you have to evenly spread over five futures picks prior to the kickoff of the college football and NFL season. Right, right, right. And then what is kind of cool about this segment is we're going to check back in on it throughout the year and give each other opportunities for buyouts, just like sportsbook do. You know, if you have a big-time parlay going, sometimes a sportsbook, based on how much money you're going to win if the parlay hits, will say, hey, you can cash out now for this amount because if you miss on the next game, the parlay goes away. But if you hit, you know, the final two legs of the parlay, you win a million dollars. So we're going to allow you to cash out right now for half a million bucks or $300,000. I didn't crazy. know you could do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's certain really? books. Who, yep, 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 yep. Wow. So, so this is kind of like that, right? You have uh, a five-leg futures bet parlay going. Not really a parlay because we're going to look at the uh, fictitious bankroll at the end of the season and see who has the best. Now, I thought because me, you know, I'm thinking we want to make this interesting. I thought we were all going to go for a couple of long shots, you know, at least a couple long shots. I was sorely mistaken. Yeah. My 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 co-host did not join me in the deep end of the pool. They played it very safe. They did mostly win totals, overs, under stuff like that. So what what my five were uh was Alabama to win the national title at plus 600. And by the way, they haven't even announced their starting quarterback yet. 
Right, but this is this is again. Yeah. It, look, there is there value in picking the Bulldogs. Yeah, I understand yeah, what the number. Is. Yeah, yeah. But I'm looking at a little bit of a longer okay. odd shot. Alabama. All right. All right. My longest odd shot: Jordan Travis to win the Heisman. That Florida is that is long. That yeah, is long. It's about plus twelve hundred. Because for a quarterback to win the Heisman, the team really has to be a role. I mean, Florida State could win the AC. I mean, they'd obviously they'd have to win the ACC championship. Go ahead. Yeah, there's no question about it. All right. Uh, Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Plus 600. Okay, that seems like not really going out on a limb. That's not out on a limb, but look, you know, I mean, it's a it's a plus money. Bet. By the way, I do have something to say about the Chiefs later. So, all right, so you okay. have the Chiefs. Okay, and then I just went to, you know, NFL win totals. Patriots over the six and a half win total. You say we that every this. year about the Patriots. I know, and, and honestly, and usually it hits, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jets over their nine and a half win total. I, we we talked about that one. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on the Jets. That just that just seems like a low number. Yeah, really, right. They can't win ten games with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean that's exactly that's exactly how I'm looking at it. It it okay. So you're telling me if you're going to take the Patriots uh, and the under on their win total, the your prediction on the year is Bill Belichick's going to lose eleven games this year. So I, I just have a hard time stomaching that. In fact, so much so that it, it compels me to take over. <laughs> and same thing with yeah. the Jets. You look at this roster in New York, I mean, defensively and offensively, and you see what they did with the quarterbacks they had last year with Flacco and, and Zach Wilson and, and, and Mike White. You add an Aaron Rodgers to that picture, mm. and you have some of those players who were injured last year back and healthy this season. No, I'm, I'm, I, they're going to win 10 games at least. All right. Well, it's hard to predict year to year. Uh, last year, I'm going to start as we uh, do our over-unders and our predictions for each of these divisions in the NFL. We turn now to the NFC North, and when you look at last season— it is one of the most bizarre seasons, not just for that division, any division. Let's think about it. Let's start at the top. The Vikings were 13-4, and four and they actually gave up three more points than they scored last year. Now, how is that even possible? How do you win 13 games and actually give up more points than you score over the course of a season? Well, here's how you do it. They were 11-0 in one-score games. They didn't lose a single one-score game the entire year. That means they only won two games by more than one score. However, all four of their losses, I mean, some of them were really ugly, but all this, obviously all four of their losses were by at least more than one score. Yeah. So last year, the Vikings were 13-4. and four. Their over-under wins, consensus in Vegas, is 8.5. That's a mighty drop from 13-4, and four, Rich. So let's start with the Vikings. Kirk Cousins is back. Uh, Dalvin Cook is not. So I guess the real read offensively for the Vikings is, can they go running back by committee and get anywhere near the production they got out of one of the best running backs in the league ever since he entered this league, Dalvin Cook? And can Kirk Cousins come back and build on what he did a year ago. Because one thing you have to say about Kirk Cousins, we always talk about, hey, how did your quarterback do in one-score games when they were close? Right. And this guy was 11-0, and losing only, of course, eventually in that playoff game to the Giants. So where are you leaning right now over under eight and a half wins for the Vikings? Look, you got to win football games, right? You have to win them. And, and the majority of football games are close. 
So I, this stat to me, and I understand it's record breaking, and I understand that a lot of people don't think they were uh, as good as a 13 and 4 team should normally look. But screw that, honestly. I, I just don't take much stock in that. You win close games in the NFL. That that is literally how jobs are won or lost at the head coaching position, at the quarterback position. I mean, because those are two positions, obviously, where wins and losses are uh, and the weight of that are tied to. I mean, regardless of losing Dallas uh, or excuse me, Dallas Clark, regardless of losing Dalvin Cook, when you lose a player of that caliber, um, it's going to have an impact. But I don't think it's going to be an impact that leads them to like, I mean, completely dropping off the map. We're talking about going from 13 wins to eight. For the under to hit, I'm taking the over here, and I, I'm not even flinching. Like this is one of the easier overs to take, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It just it just seems like you're shortchanging their ability to win close games. They, they won a like game they, like they where were, they were trailing 33 nothing at halftime. Biggest comeback in the league. How about that crazy Buffalo game? Oh, I know, I know. I mean, I mean not, they, not, they, they had a lot of things going their way, but. They won their close games. Yes, and somehow they, they were penalized or dismissed all season long saying, well, that doesn't really count. Of course it counts. Those are close games. I'm with you on that one. All right. Let's go to the bottom. The Bears were awful. They were 3-14 and 14 as they were trying to get Justin Fields up to speed. Well, guess what? They're 3-14 and 14 last year. Their over-under is 7 and a half. So obviously Vegas believes the Bears are going to be much improved coming up here in 2023. Do you buy it? No, no, I'll take the under. Uh, I'm look. I'm just not a big believer in um, in Justin Fields yet. Uh, what I saw last year was a guy who looked really uncomfortable throwing the football, and unless that changes in a huge hurry. Um, and and in one off season, which okay, again, and we've seen this. I'm not saying it's it's impossible. We've seen it where Josh Allen looked like he was really uncomfortable throwing the football, not quite as uncomfortable as Justin Fields, but was struggling his rookie year, and then he came out in year two and improved, and came out in year three and improved, and that sort of steady improvement and and having the ability to overcome some of the you know, obstacles that you come to the NFL with when you're a player out of Wyoming, you know, against the competition level that you're playing at the college football level. But that's not the same for Justin Fields. Justin Fields was was spoiled with talent at the collegiate level. Justin Fields played in huge games at the collegiate level. And he came to the NFL. And I think this is going to look more like a Tim Tebow than it will a Josh Allen story. I think he is one of the most electric athletes in the NFL when he has the ball in his hands. But when he throws the football, I collect. I, I feel like Chicago fans collectively hold their breath because you don't know what's going to happen next. So, yeah, I, I, I'll take the under on this win total. All right, I'm with you on that. That just seems like a mighty leap. Again, you talk about the Vikings going from 13 to 8, the Bears going from 3 to 7 plus. I, it's too much in one season. All right, on the other side, we're going to get to the other two teams in the NFC North, the Lions and the Packers. Remember them in the last regular season game? Lions knocking Aaron Rodgers out of the playoffs. 
Are these teams going in different directions, or could there be a reversal of fortune? We'll break it down. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Steve Harvey, Rich Harburger, Fox Sports Sunday. We are live from the TireRack.com studios. And by the way, our third grand winner will be drawn today to win a set of four brand new tires in the summer of Tire Rack sweepstakes. The winner will receive a set of four tires plus installation taxes and fees valued up to $1,500. Enter now. Still a chance. FoxSportsRadio.com, free to register. You also get bonus entries into the sweepstakes by following Fox Sports Radio on social media and by following the Fox Sports Radio channel in the iHeart app. To enter and get rules, visit FoxSportsRadio.com, sponsored by TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So, Rich, if you had said before last season began that the Lions would finish ahead of the Packers in the standings of the NFC North, you would have said what? I would have said there's little to no chance that happens. Right. I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers coming yeah. up back-to-back MVP seasons. You have the Lions, who are the Lions. Yeah. Uh, even though we thought, all right, they made some progress from the previous year. but I, I mean, mainly it comes down to, you know, the quarterback competition, the Packers defense. Yeah, like there's there's more faith that the in the Packers at that point than the Lions, yes. So, as it turned out, the deciding game was the last game of the regular season. The Packers still had a chance to make the playoffs. The Lions have been eliminated that day. And they dominated that game. That was a Lions domination to send Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay. 
So now we have, predictably, a different thought process as we go into 2023 for both of these teams. The Lions are the favorite to win the NFC North this year. Their over-under is nine and a half wins. Meanwhile, the Packers, with Jordan Love in his first year as the starting quarterback, seven and a half wins for the Packers. Let's start with Green Bay right now, because I've heard some of your co-hosts trumpet the fact that the Packers may be better than a lot of people think. Uh, Jordan Love has been in the system for a couple of years. It's not like he's a rookie. He's not a rookie. So he's gotten reps. He knows what this offense is all about. Uh, You obviously saw plenty of them at the collegiate level. Seven and a half wins. Where do you stand with the Packers in 2023? Yeah, I'll take the under here. I think it's difficult in the NFL to break in a new quarterback um, especially when that quarterback is replacing a superstar to the level of Aaron Rodgers. And this isn't a situation where it's uh, it's New England and there is, you know, an insanely uh, um, um, intact culture in place. And even, even though when Tom Brady left, it was that pandemic gap year where Cam Newton came in and it was a little bit of Brian Hoyer. They rebounded well with Mac Jones, his rookie season. Love's not a rookie, but he's replacing uh, a great. He's replacing a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think the Packers are going to struggle. I think defensively, they're probably one of the better teams in their division still. Um, and, and in fact, that's not something we discussed with the Vikings, who I think regressed a lot on defense with some of the uh, the players they, they lost in free agency. But um, but yeah, I I I'm feeling the under here. I I'm not sold that Jordan Love in year one is going to be the elixir that Green Bay needs to vault them into, you know, their next window of winning like they had after Favre. Aaron Rodgers took over. I I don't. I'm not as certain of Jordan Love. I was with you on the Vikings. I was with you on the Bears. I'm not with you on the Packers. Okay. I. You mentioned the Packers' defense. Yeah that's, yeah, that's a big part of it. I mean, if you're solid defensively, and I think they're above average defensively in this league, that's a great starting point. Um, especially if you again some create some short field situations for your new quarterback. I I just have this sneaking suspicion because overall this is just not a great division. Um, I think the Packers could get to eight wins. Uh, I think they could get to nine wins. Uh, I think that Jordan Love is going to be one of those guys because, again, there's something to be said about learning at the feet of the master. In other words, when you watch, for instance, Hard Knocks right now and you watch Aaron Rodgers and his interaction with Zach Wilson, I got to believe he was to some degree doing that with Jordan Love, maybe not to the extent of having the cameras on you, but at some point, even if he wasn't hands-on with Jordan Love, there are meetings together. He watched from the sidelines. He knows what made Aaron Rodgers great. And I'm going to trust that some of that, obviously not all of it, but some of that has rubbed off on Jordan Love. So I'm going to lean over with the Packers. It's going to be close. It's not like they're going to win 10 games, but could they win eight, nine? I think they can. Which leads us, of course, to the Detroit Lions. I remind everyone again, I've been around for a long time. 
Not only have the Lions never won an NFL championship <laughs> in my lifetime, Go ironically, on. they won their last NFL championship the year before I was born. And if you're wondering, you can look it up. Their last championship was in 1957. Since that time, not only have they not won an NFL championship, they've won one playoff game. In 65 years, they have won one playoff game. Oof. So the over-under on the Lions is 9.5. They were 9-8 and eight a year ago. So if you're going over, you're going to say they're going to be a, a tick above where they were last year. Now remember, this was a Lions team that struggled and then sort of caught fire late. And we talked about the Packers and their above-average defense. The Lions have an awful defense. Yeah. Even with Aiden Hutchinson, who is an emerging star. But offensively, they were a juggernaut last year, and it figures they will be the same this year. I think we're all fans of Dan Campbell, but when you look at over under nine and a half, before you make your pick, keep in mind, we're talking about the Detroit Lions. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you know, it's like it's sort of like down in San Diego with the Padres. They're still the Padres. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And the Lions can revert to form at any point. So I'm giving you a little precursor here, Rich. Which way are you leaning over under nine and a half for the 2023 Detroit Lions? I mean, it kills me to say this because, like you, I'm a Dan Campbell fan. Yep. I like I like his tone. I like the culture he's building. Um, I love the uh, the hard knocks where we got insight to how competitive those practices and how energetic those practices are. At very least in the preseason, I'm sure that sustains throughout the the regular season as well. Um, but the Lions feel the Lions feel like a nine win team to me. They they just they I, I I don't I mean they don't I don't think they 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 seem like a team that should have a winning record but they're still right there they're not they're not quite there and like the NFC North without Aaron Rodgers and with this mixed bag of Jared Goff and Justin Fields and Jordan Love and Kirk Cousins it, it feels like one of those divisions like the NFC East sometimes has been over the past half decade where. You know, we're like, well, nobody really wants to win that division, right? You know, before Jalen Hurts really got going and last year the Cowboys were up uh, at 13 wins. The year before that, it was like, it was a dog, it was a dog fight for the, for nobody wanted to win that division. So I, I sort of feel like that's where we're heading with the NFC North. I'm going to take the under here and I'm going to hold my nose while I take it because I hate that I'm doing it, but it just, mm. The Lions feel like a nine-win team. <laughs> well, I'll put it this way. Over the last 65 years, if you bet the over on the Lions every year, you're on skid row. I okay. mean, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I don't think they're, they're, they're farewell with their over-unders over the years. I'm with you, Rich. And, and by the way, I do believe the Lions are built for the long term. I think Jared Goff may take a little step backwards. I mean, he had some ridiculously good numbers last year. Yeah, it And they was amazing. still went 9-8. and eight. Is he going to get better numbers this year? I do believe, though, especially in this division, the Lions will be in the conversation. Yeah, But certainly. a lot of times you see teams have a breakout year, like they did a year ago, followed by a hiccup. 
before just, they get back on track. It I, even happened to the Patriots I, after I just, they won that first Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Next year, they didn't even make the playoffs. I'm, I'm just a little confused about some of the decisions that they made with the 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 roster this yeah. offseason. You know, I mean, your your number one need. There's no question about it is improving that defense. Like there's no question about it. And they 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 have a first round draft pick and, and they go and they get Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's like I get it. Yes, he's very talented and uh, he had a great run at Alabama, and you could do a lot of different things with him in such an explosive offense. And and uh, your offensive coordinator's returning. You didn't lose him, so there wasn't a brain drain there. And there's so many reasons why that could work out. But there's this other side of it, which is, you know, you, you've, you, you're only on the field with your offense for half the game. And and you gave up a whole lot of points last year. And we'll see it during the opener if this defense has taken strides in the right direction because they're going to be tested early against the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night uh, a week and a half from now. So we'll, we'll see what, what it looks like. But I, I wasn't impressed with how, how, how much they invested in their defense, and that was a glaring problem last year. All right, so from one of the weaker divisions, we're going to switch gears on the other side to one of the best divisions. That would be the AFC North. But first, a reminder, we're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at progressive.com Monty, let's find out what is trending right now so we've had uh <laughs> human flesh yes. on ribs on ribs that needed to be taken right. off in right. order to create Naturally. have you seen have you looked at the necklace yet it's really it looks like something you'd buy in like hawaii or the bahamas it looks like a little tooth and like two little or three pieces around it. It's really small. Like if you just saw it, you'd, but you'd again, be like, But again, for people oh. just tuning in, the fact, <laughs> here's what we didn't understand. So we were talking about this off air. So the rib was sent by Home. Sam Hartman to his mother Correct. who had it in a freezer. freezer which was it. necessary Now, to do. it would seem right. to me sure if I is. have human flesh on a rib and I put it in a freezer, it will like petrify right. onto the bone and yet... Somehow, mom was able to chip it all off. Maybe that's what it was, that it became so hard and it was easier to just take it apart. Right? right. I can't right. believe we're having this conversation. <laughs> right. That, see, that's that's a good that's a good guess. Yeah, like that's what I would imagine, that it hardens <laughs> and it was easier to right. uh, scrape Look, off. I'm going to take every opportunity to say the name Hartman as many times right. as I possibly right. can. No, now I'm going to get you a, a rib necklace. Cause, yeah, not for my ribs. Yeah, Jeez. no, we'll find you some other ribs. I mean. Ribs got, uh, Rich has got some tasty ribs. Yeah, I bet. Oh, I I've love had, making them. I've had his ribs. I Unbelievable. Bet. You know, I've, when I did eat meat, yeah. I didn't care for ribs. You never had Rich's ribs. Maybe that's what it was. I just never got it. I was like, I don't I don't understand what the no. infatuation here is. No. No. Yeah. No. no. You know what? Maybe you should t- We'll give you a hall pass on the whole <laughs> veganism thing. Right. Over, no, 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 over, no. over the course of the season, he's going to take, because Rich, Rich doesn't throw ribs. I mean, there's a process. I here. bet. Yeah. Yeah. I also just am not a huge fan of barbecue. Oh. And I feel oh, that ribs oh, always were barbecue. What the heck? No, it's no, a no, very no. strong flavor. Even vegans like barbecue. No, but it's such a strong flavor. Like it that's, overpowers that's the point. everything. It's called flavor. No. <laughs> oh. 
I hate I hate this so much for everything that's happened. I hate yeah, it. No, you don't really got the deep end. Why why didn't Mama Hartman just bake the Sam Hartman's rib Can or we not? So so the meat falls right off the bone. Oh, yeah. That's no, the way to do it. Okay. Stop it. Come no, on, do it no. like a, you're doing a real rib. Okay, no, let's move on. Rich to will take it through his process. Rib talk yeah. to baseball because <laughs> again, baseball. You can't tell me it's not romantic when Mookie Betts returns to Boston and hits a home run right over the Green Monster. So the Dodgers are beating the Red Sox five to two, bottom of the seventh inning. The Orioles, who have won four in a row, are seven and three in the last ten games. Are currently losing to the Rockies at home, three to one, top of the eighth inning. Phillies still holding on to their lead over the Cardinals, 2-0, top of the seventh inning. The Cubs all over the Pirates, 6-1. They're about to start the bottom of the seventh inning. The Guardians and the Blue Jays, this has been a fun one. It's been back and forth. Blue Jays back on top. Davis Schneider with a two-run homer in the sixth inning. Schneider, I don't know why I like to say Schneider, Schneider. Uh, it's 5-4, top of the seventh inning. Blue Jays back on top. Astros blanking the Tigers, 3-0. It's about to be the bottom of the sixth inning. And, you know, the Yankees were on top. Not anymore. Tampa Bay has taken the lead. It's 6-4, bottom of the sixth inning. Marlins holding on to their lead over the Nationals, 2-1, to top the eighth inning. White Sox and A's. Does anyone care? Sure. 3-0. Top of the sixth inning. Chicago on top. Padres extended their lead over the Brewers. It's 4-2. Even though the Brewers, I think, have won seven in a row. So they're trying to make it eight. But the Padres are on top. 4-2. Bottom of the fifth inning. And Jonah Heim, not to be confused with Jonah Hill, because Bo Benson almost confused me in the hallway. Hit a grand slam for the Rangers. They're blanking the Twins. 5-0. Top of the sixth inning. Now some News coming out of uh, MLS. So Inter-Miami announced that star Lionel Messi will miss at least three games this season because of national team duties. Argentina plays Ecuador on September 7th and Bolivia on September 12th for the World Cup qualifiers. Miami has games. One of them is here against LAFC on September 3rd. Then they play Kansas City on September 19th and they head to Atlanta for September 16th. They won't say which games he's going to miss. But if you're dropping some heavy cash to see Lionel Messi, he might not play. I don't care how much they're paying him. <laughs> he's underpaid. For sure. No, I for mean, sure. This guy is literally not just saving his team. This is the whole league. Yes. No, I know. The coach said after last night's win, they're like, well, we're going to have to like get used to winning without him because he's he has national Seriously. team duties. Seriously. Every team in the league yeah. should give him a salary. Every, I know, right? Every team should pay him. I You're mean, right. You know, I mean, he is, he is oh, the no, entire he's every, MLS. Yeah, yeah no. Right well, basically, they are giving – every team is giving him a salary technically. Technic- he has, yeah. He has a certain percentage of every new subscription to the MLS television. Yes, so there yes, you go. That's he, it. Then he's – yeah. Yeah. It's but whatever he's team. making, he's underpaid. Underpaid, yes. But he's going to miss some games, and they won't say which ones. That's cool. Okay. Talk about a roll of the oh, dice. Oh, I know. Yeesh. Um, all right. Thank you very much, yeah. Monster. We'll talk to you a little bit later on. Yeah. All right. Let's turn our attention now to the AFC North. And based on these over-unders, Rich, uh, this is going to be one of the best divisions in all of football. And I think we all agree to that. I want to start with the Cleveland Browns. It was a bizarre year, to say the least, last year year with the whole Deshaun Watson situation. Of course, waiting for him to finally take the field. He did. He looked predictably rusty. They finished with a record of 7-10. and Vegas is a believer. They got the Browns at 9.5 wins. 
So the big question, I mean, to get to nine and a half or ten wins, if you're betting the over, uh, especially in a division that includes the likes of the Bengals and the Ravens, you're going to have to have a really good year out of Deshaun Watson. So the question here, Rich, is how much faith do you have that Deshaun Watson is going to revert to form that we saw back in his Houston Texan days? Um, boy, oh boy, isn't that the million-dollar question? I I have to be honest with you. I, I don't know if it's bias being colored by the fact that um, he had all those, you know, sexual misconduct claims made against him in civil court and served the suspension as a result or the, the sort of uh, 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 step around in terms of his salary uh, when he signed the mega deal with to, to sign with the Cleveland Browns. But I, I just don't have a lot of faith in Deshaun Watson at this level anymore. Now, I could be completely wrong. It could be proven completely wrong. But, A, he is going to be facing a gauntlet in terms of defenses he'll see in the AFC North. This isn't the AFC South anymore. Yeah. I mean, like, you are going to go against some of the best defenders in this league on a six-game basis, home and away. So, there's that. There's that side of it. And as electric as he was as a Houston Texan, um, that offense was ran by a completely different style of coordinator. You know, Billy O'Brien, who's now with the New England Patriots again after, you know, after serving his stint with the Alabama Crimson Tide. You know, he's working with um, uh, uh, Kevin Stefanski out there in, in Cleveland now, who's who's in control of that offense. And I don't know if he completely understands how to utilize Deshaun Watson. So... We'll, we'll see. I, I mean, it was a real rough start after the suspension when he came back last year, and he had a, a ton of rust to knock off. I didn't see much discernible improvement from his first start to the end of the season. I thought there were going to be bigger jumps. Uh, he just really wasn't seeing the football field well. And um, we'll, we'll see if they can catch lightning and bottle with them. But uh, I'm not a big believer in the, in the Browns this year. I'm, I'm going to take the under. All right, so let's move to the Steelers. And by the way, I'm with you on that one. That that jump seems a little bit uh, premature. Uh, I got to see Deshaun Watson for a full season playing at a high level, which he's yeah. going to have to do. Great reasons that you mentioned. The defenses in that division, just the teams in that division, which brings us to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. As if Mike Tomlin already didn't have a spot in the Hall of Fame, last year cemented it. This team was sitting at 3-7 and seven after the retirement of Big Ben on their way to what appeared to be, for the first time ever, a losing season for Mike Tomlin. No, no, no. They won six of their last seven with their rookie quarterback, and they finished the season at 9-8. and eight. Their over-under this year is 8.5, meaning a repeat of what they did a year ago is a winner if yep. you're betting the over on the Steelers. Now, I've heard a lot of people trumpeting the Steelers. Like, this is a sleeper team. I think Brian knows one of those guys. A big Steelers. Watch out for the Steelers this year. They're being undersold. Are they? I'm taking the under. Mm. I'm taking the under. Look, I, as much as I love Mike Tomlin, I think he's a great players coach. I think that I think that the Steelers have the same problem in some ways as the Browns. Um now, very different situation, obviously. Kenny Pickett's young, and he's not coming off of controversy. He's just got a lot to learn at this level, and it was it was sort of out of the frying pan into the fire after he replaced Trubisky as the starting quarterback last year. But 
Uh, unless I'm wrong, Kenny Pickett looks like one of those quarterbacks who may have a low ceiling in the NFL. And this is an offense that I believe needs a guy who's got a much higher ceiling to, to make me a believer. So, I, I mean, it's just, look, this is a quarterback-driven league. And if you look around this division, the competition you have is Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, and, and you're, you have Kenny Pickett? Like, now, for everything I just said about Deshaun Watson, you can exclude him from the conversation if you want to, but you still have to play Lamar twice and and cool Joe Cool out there in Cincinnati twice. So, yeah, I, I'm not as big of a believer as many people are. I'm not buying the hype as much. I got, I got the Steelers under this year. Well, that would mean the first losing season of Mike Tomlin history. I, I just I stay away from this one. I would never bet against Mike Tomlin to find a way to win any season. But You're taking I would, the over? I, uh, if you, you got to bet. I, you got to take over. You, I, I'm going to take the over but hold my nose on this one. <laughs> okay, I'm going right. to put all my trust in Mike Tomlin. <laughs> all right, so the Steelers and Browns who are, you know, they're middle-of-the-pack teams. That cannot be said of the Ravens and the Bengals. Over, under on their wins. We'll get to that. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Steve Harvey, Rich Arnberger, Fox Sports Sunday, live from the TireRack.com studios, brought to you by also Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. We're focused in on the northern divisions of the NFL. We have uh, put the NFC North to rest, and we're halfway through the AFC North. Now let's get to the top of this division right now, Rich. A year ago, the Baltimore Ravens were 10-7, and which is pretty impressive considering their former MVP quarterback, Lamar Jackson, missed five games. Five games. Yeah. And they still went 10-7. and And their over-under for this season is 10.5. So we're, we keep being told that we're going to see a little bit different offense this year from the Ravens. Uh, maybe they're actually trying to figure a way to preserve their quarterback instead of beating him up because we've seen, and you've been a big proponent of, you know, the idea that if you got a mobile quarterback, you got limited time. You got limited time. We saw it with Cam Newton. Perhaps we've seen it with Russell Wilson. Uh, and maybe we've seen it already with Lamar Jackson. So there's a promise that we're going to see a little more throwing from the Ravens coming up this season. And Lamar Jackson, of course, got his new deal done. So what's your gut feeling on the over-under 10.5 for the Baltimore Ravens? I'm going to take the over here. Um, and it's not just about the offense. I'm, I'm a big believer in John Harbaugh's defense as well. Uh, and assuming health, which, uh, look, with Lamar, it's been tough. But at the same token, there's a little something called self-preservation that occurs every once in a while in the NFL. And when you are a quarterback who's aiming to get his team to pay him long term and doesn't want to get himself severely injured – Maybe some of those injuries take a little bit longer to get back to the field than they would normally take. So I'm not saying Lamar Jackson faked any injuries. I would never say that about any player, but I'm just saying those injuries hurt a lot more and they last a lot longer when you don't feel like you're being respected or you're you're not getting what you're due. 
So I think the, a point was proven last year that Lamar Jackson is absolutely the best, uh, the best chance for the Ravens to have continued uh, success. The long-term commitment from the Ravens is exactly what he was looking for. I think Lamar plays with a rejuvenated um, – uh, outlook this season and with a new offensive coordinator they have Tom Munkin coming through the doors things are going to look a little bit different it's impossible for them to look the same and um, and and also that defense again going back to special teams and defense the focus of John Harbaugh's success over the years has been regardless of what talent he has at quarterback his defense and special teams will always float his teams yeah so I got the Ravens hitting the over I'm leaning under on this one only because I don't have faith that Lamar Jackson can stay healthy. Okay. He's had injuries That's the last fair. couple of years. And that and, is fair, and they've been and, awful without him. And and they're just not the same. As soon as he goes down, they go down. So I'm leaning under, which uh, brings us to the Cincinnati Bengals, not only the best team in this division, but certainly one of the two or three best teams in the NFL. Remember, if it wasn't for an ill-timed penalty in that uh, AFC Championship game against the Chiefs, they could have been to back-to-back Super Bowls quite yeah. easily. Uh, a year ago, of course, uh, 12 and four they had the game against the bills of course canceled um now they have an over under of 11 and a half do you see any slowdown at all in the cincinnati Bengals? give me the overall day i'm with you on this one one. of the best offenses in the nfl joe burrow Mm -hmm. is a cool character a quarterback who can win big games he's clutch he's everything you want in a quarterback Mm. that defense has played over their heads they're getting better for two years, and they're only getting better. How about that offensive line? Uh, the offensive line's much improved. Last year, they made improvements up front, and they got better as the season went on. We should see continued improvement from them. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I, I think the Bengals are right there with the Chiefs and Eagles. Yep. Yep. I, I, I they're in lockstep. And again, an ill time penalty allowed the Chiefs to come away with a victory finally against the Bengals. But this is a rivalry we're going to be talking around for a long, long time. And yeah, Joe Cool, oh man, he is good. He is really good. So uh, yeah, don't bet against the Bengals. I'm with you 100%. One of the best bets. Bengals over 11 and a half wins. All right, we got another NFL team we got to talk about on the other side. Plus, our MLB insider, JP, he'll be joining us. This. It's Fox Sports Sunday. Doing our thing on another busy, busy sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. We're going to help get you there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. And by the way, football fans out there, don't forget to tune into Fox Sports Radio every Saturday and Sunday morning, three hours before kickoff. Countdown to kickoff presented by BetMGM. And have you covered right before all of the Saturday and Sunday games all the way through Super Bowl Sunday. You can listen to Countdown to Kickoff weekend mornings right here on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. And, of course, Rich, part of that Saturday program. How's that going, Rich? How, how's that old seven days of radio working for you? Something that I did for uh, a lot of years. I like it. Yeah, I really do. I, I you know, uh, the the six a.m. show time, you curse your l- alarm clock every single time here on the West Coast that the alarm goes off. But I mean, it beats working. 
I love talking sports anyways. So, yeah. you know, talking sports for three hours with your buddies and then finishing up your quote-unquote work day at 9 a.m., never a bad thing. And then you just live your life, grill some ribs, not like the Hartmans do at the Sam Hartman household, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, but when I do want to fire up the grill, you know, I can put some thought into it. I could do a low and slow smoke all day long. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, can you imagine if you gave your barbecue treatment to one of Sam Hartman's ribs? Well, apparently he's just letting uh, people go willy-nilly, mm, yeah. and, you know, just having them removed mm, and uh, yeah. handing them out to people. Uh, a waste and, uh, of yeah. good barbecue right there. Mm. Um, I want to get back to a team. We, we, we Today we looked at the uh, Northern Divisions in the NFL as far as over-under wins. Last week uh, we were talking about the uh, AFC West, and we both said if there was the surest bet on the board – it's over 11 and a half wins for the Chiefs. Like, literally, we're saying, do you see six losses on their schedule? Anywhere? I mean, when you look at their schedule, are there six losses? Tough to make that argument. <laughs> really man. tough to make that argument that somehow they're going to lose six games. So we were both very comfortable in predicting that a safe bet is the Chiefs over 11 and a half wins. However... I do have to ask you this about the Chiefs, and I, I shared this story. So Lamar Hunt was the originator not just of the Chiefs, but the old American Football League. He was the son of one of the richest men in the world at the time, H.L. Hunt, when there were only literally a handful of billionaires in the world, and H.L. Hunt was one of them. Mm. So a 27-year-old Lamar Hunt tried to buy his way into the NFL by bringing an expansion team to Dallas, and they said, no, we're not interested. And so he decided, I'll start my own league. By the way, a year later, the NFL did bring an expansion team to Dallas. It just didn't have Lamar Hunt tied to it. And the reason the AFL survived its early years was because of the extreme wealth of Lamar Hunt. He was able to keep certain franchises afloat because he had money in the bank. Yep. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. I also remember this. The first time I ever went to Arrowhead Stadium working for the Raiders in the mid-80s. And, you know, you go to press boxes around the NFL. And, of course, we're always looking for free food. <laughs> and I get to Arrowhead knowing that this is a beautiful stadium, Arrowhead. And you got this really rich owner, Lamar Hunt. And I go to get food. And the first thing I notice is they had actually run out of buns for the hot dogs. I also noticed that the chips were in bags that had no brand name on them. It just said chips. Good. That's and, how you know they're high quality. And <laughs> I am not exaggerating. They did not have full-size cups for your soft drink. Oh, boy. Dixie cups. Right. So we're talking like it was Like ridiculous. the kind that like, the dentist hands you to wash your mouth out. After, These cheap yeah. Cheap, cheap. <laughs> Condiments, little packets. All right? Okay, yeah. Uh, and I believe you're almost limited on how many packets you could take. So anyway, I say this because I'm looking at the economics of the current Kansas City Chiefs, now with uh, Lamar's son in charge. Think about this. Patrick Mahomes is underpaid. Travis Kelsey is underpaid. Now, both these guys make millions and millions of dollars in endorsements, and obviously the Kelsey brothers have a huge podcast going on, but in terms of their NFL salaries and their value on the field, both those two guys, future Hall of Famers, first ballot, are underpaid. 
One guy tried to get paid. That was Tyreek Hill. He got traded. And now you have the Chris Jones situation. And they don't seem anxious to pay Chris Jones either. In fact, he said, I'll see you in week eight. I'm just wondering, for a team that's already won two Super Bowls, hosted five straight AFC championship games, been to three Super Bowls, at some point, is there a breaking point where enough players in that locker room say, enough's enough. I want to get paid or I don't play. Is there potential of that right now with the Kansas City Chiefs? The Kansas City Chiefs have not only had the great foresight to move up to draft Patrick Mahomes and then groom him behind a very talented uh, and and good mentor in Alex Smith, um, but they also got lucky with his ability to be clutch at this level. Like that is something that's either written into your genetic code. Yes, I'm convinced of it, or it's just not. And Patrick Mahomes has that sort of low heartbeat that like Navy SEALs talk about. Like when the bullets are flying for real, those guys, their heartbeats just like yours and mine do when we're watching, um, you know, like some boring movie at home. That's how Patrick Mahomes is. He, he goes into that mode where he can win you games. So, okay, you get lucky a little bit there. But then also you get lucky with the level of humility that he uh, approaches his whole career with. And maybe it helps with some of the mentorship he received at home from his parents, or maybe it helps because he signed with super agent Lee Steinberg, who has a little bit of a different approach with how he advertises his quarterbacks early in their careers and and how he does business with organizations. But Patrick Mahomes is going the Tom Brady route. He's giving the home team the discount. He is asking them, hey, work with me here. If I sacrifice some income, can you keep a team worthy of going to championship games on the field, on this roster, throughout the next bunch of years? And the Kansas City Chiefs, they've made good on that promise. I mean, they traded away Tyree Kill. If I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'm raising my eyebrows and going, this better work. This better work because I just signed that contract. And remember that handshake promise we made? This better work. And guess what it did? In that very next season, they go and they win the Super Bowl, he's Super Bowl MVP. So that is the reason why the Chiefs are so good. And I don't see that changing, Steve. And honestly, that that level of humility and that level of sacrifice, it, it's contagious. That's why you don't hear guys on the Kansas City Chiefs really complaining about, you know, salary or income. There has there haven't been any holdouts since since Patrick Mahomes has gotten there. It's because everybody's so happy to be playing with a, 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 the, a, the level of talent at quarterback that gives you a chance to win. That's the reason why people took price cuts uh, to go to New England just to have a chance to win a Super Bowl, which during that run, Tom Brady, how many AFC championship games did they appear in when Brady was the quarterback in New England? It was a nauseating amount, and we're seeing that with Patrick Mahomes. He hasn't missed an AFC championship appearance since he's been dra- or since he took over his second year in the league. Chris Jones, you take Chris Jones off that D. I mean, he is he knows he's going to lose a million plus for every game he misses, and goes, I can afford it. I can afford it. That Chiefs defense, I mean, if you watch that AFC championship game against the Bengals, he was unblockable. You take Chris Jones out of the mix, 
on that Chiefs defense, they look a whole lot different. Now, I, I mean, again, we haven't started the regular season. We've seen a lot of guys threaten to sit out games, and ultimately they come back. Perhaps Chris Jones will do that. But if he follows through on this, it it could have an adverse effect, not just on the field, but in that locker room as well. All right, we'll get back to that a little bit later on. But coming up on the other side, we're going to get into a little MLB talk. Our Fox Sports Radio MLB insider, John Paul Morosi, will join us coming up next. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Steve Harbin, Rich Armberger, Fox Sports Sunday, and we are live from the TireRack.com studios. All right, we're going to take a little respite from all the football talk for a moment, although he is as excited as we all are about week one of the college football season next week after a couple of games, a little appetizer week zero in college football. He, of course, is our Fox Sports Radio MLB insider, one John Paul Morosi. JP, how are you today? Outstanding. Happy week zero of college football. Uh, of course, week one now beginning. Can't wait. Uh, Michigan will have East Carolina at home. I plan to be there and very much looking forward to the Wolverines' season opener. All right, let's get right to the biggest baseball story, the arm injury to Otani. Play it out. How does this affect free agency for Shohei? 
don't even know the full extent yet. It depends, of course, on if he is going to have Tommy John surgery, which is not yet known. Uh, the Angels and Otani's camp still waiting to see exactly uh, the severity of it. Obviously, he's still been able to, to bat as a DH, which one must think is, is a pretty good sign that perhaps he may not need the full Tommy John. Maybe there's the, the internal bracing procedure that could help address the issue. But obviously, Steve and Rich, we thought a lot about what the the overall dollars would be, and then we've all had the conversation, would it be half a billion dollars, would it be $600 million? I, I think the notion of getting a, a full-on guarantee in that range for 10 years is probably unrealistic at this point, but I, I'm also a big believer in, in Shohei's athleticism, his character, that he's going to be able to, to show to different teams, depending on how he wants to play this out, where maybe it ends up being a shorter-term deal that early on is, is heavily weighted towards being a, a DH only or a, a DH and an outfielder or a DH and a first baseman that eventually then brings in some pitching with, with incentives that could help him get to that level that he would have been looking at all along. So uh, I, I think it certainly changes the story. It introduces a lot of uh, different dynamics in his free agency. But in terms of totally taking the wind out of the sails of all the excitement surrounding him, I I don't see that yet. I think he's he's still able to be a superstar player, maybe not quite in the way that we had hoped, but he remains, to me at least, the number one story in baseball entering this offseason. Oh, there's no doubt about that, JP. And we've talked about him for weeks now and really months now because there's so much intrigue about Shohei Otani and his future, whether it's leading up to the trade deadline or now as the Angels are cruising to the finish of their season, what his offseason is going to look like. Here's an interesting angle on this story, and it's one that through discussion with Steve about this and others, I've been thinking, is is this – is this a little bit of a positive for franchises who may be involved in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes? Now, follow me here because Tommy John surgery obviously is not a good thing. <clears throat> but Shohei Otani is a transcendent ball player, whether we're talking about what he does at the plate or on the mound. So you sign him a big old contract, whatever it looks like. You know, you're going to get him, obviously, at the plate or on the mound. But with the recent news about the UCL and the potential of a second Tommy John surgery potentially happening somewhere down the line, um, this takes his number down a little bit. And if if you listen to or read, you know, the transcripts of interviews or what what writers were getting from his camp when he was coming to Major League Baseball in the first place, he wanted a pitch, and he wanted a hit, and nobody was going to be able to sign him that was going to tell him otherwise. So if you get Shohei for a little bit of a discount because of the injury concerns, and then he returns to the mound as a starter somewhere down the line when however this UCL injury is, is, is figured out, is, is it a good thing, meaning you get, you get a, a, a generational talent for maybe more of a discount than you would have previously to the news of the injury? 
question. And I think the answer is that for teams that a week ago were not necessarily optimistic about their chances, the introduction of some uncertainty from that standpoint, if you just look at the the game theory of it, if you will, it allows maybe for a team like Seattle to get more involved, a team like Texas to get more involved. Because previous to, to this over the last week, conventional wisdom said, well, he's probably going to be a Dodger or an Angel. Full stop. And maybe there is is a really extreme case where that would not happen, but those are the two teams very clearly at the top of the list. Now, do the Cubs get involved? Uh, they're a major market team with a really interesting appeal, and you know the Cubs made an effort to sign them last time around, but as a National League team at the time, there was an inherent disadvantage due to not having the DH. So now, on a more level playing field, the Cubs, who are an up-and-coming team, and Shohei knows the game so well, he's going to want to be with a team that's got a chance to win for the next five, six, seven, eight, nine years. The Cubs can do that. The Mariners can do that. The Rangers can do that. They're all teams that are good now and should be good for a while. So I, I, I'm a believer that when, when uncertainty gets added into the, the mix, then the teams that were on the outside looking in could see their chances to get them improve a little bit. And I think, too, the, the other point I'd make, Rich, is that if I'm Shohei, and if you just sort of put yourself in, in his shoes, if his desire and his strong desire is to be able to be a pitcher for the long term and that that's what he wants to do, then he should pursue whatever the recommendation is on a potential surgery if he needs surgery, whether it's Tommy John or the internal brace or something else, that, that he go to the place that is best known and has the best medical and training infrastructure to get back on the mound. If that is his number one goal, and I, I preface it by, by beginning that sentence very, very intentionally, if his number one goal is to pitch, then he should say, okay, my goal above all else is to come back and be as dominant on the mound as I was for a lot of this season and for the last couple of years. And if that's the case, I need to go to the team that's got the best in class medical training for the next two years. Look at it, uh, to, to use a, a, a popular expression, here we are at the beginning of the academic year, look at this as like a two-year graduate school program. My graduate school program is in getting as healthy as I can and getting back on the mound. What's my best? masters in being healthy as a pitcher program that I could find and go there and then worry about the future sometime after the 2025 season uh, th- that might be a little bit of an oversimplification but I think there's a lot of wisdom in that go to the place where you can achieve your dream and right now his dream I believe is to be able to do this again hitter and a pitcher on a team that's in the hunt so those teams that are in the hunt and have very good uh, infrastructure there prepare your your sales pitches accordingly and convince Shohei that you've got the best place for him to go back and get to that level of potential again. Well, there's a danger in spending a lot of money, and we have seen it in full force this year in Major League Baseball, disastrous years for the Mets, the Yankees. But I want to turn to the San Diego Padres, who uh, right now are trailing the Brewers 9-4 to in the seventh inning. Dodgers have already won today, meaning if the Padres lose, they will be 20 games behind the Dodgers, uh, and their faint uh, playoff hopes are all but extinguished. What makes this even more baffling is all their high-priced players have been healthy. 
It's not like, I mean, right. Soto hasn't missed a single game this year. This is a guy that was being hyped as some kind of generational talent, and yet his numbers are pedestrian in terms of the elite players in this league. Manny Machado. I mean, I'll put it this way. The highest war on this team, Hassan Kim. Hassan Kim has the highest war on this team. Now, I've been, and Rich knows this, a longtime critic of A.J. Preller. He's one of those guys that talks a great game. The media loves this guy because he's a baseball junkie. He's done a horrible job. He even got a blank checkbook to put this team together and look where they are right now. So, if they were to get rid of Preller, which I said they should have done at the trade deadline because uh, he was confident, let's stand pat, we're going to roll through the rest of this year. But if suddenly John Paul Morosi, a guy that actually knows the game, were to step in and assume the general manager position with the Padres organization, how would you fix this mess? Is it fixable? It's a great question. And I think with respect to the Padres, you're exactly right. That that spending more and more money on more and more superstar players is not always the right path and in fact it often is not when you look at uh, how well the Mets and the Padres are playing this season even the Yankees to an extent as well what I would say is my reaction is is twofold number one you cannot buy culture you cannot buy culture this team is a collection of really good players and in some cases great players but they are not a team there's a difference between talent and team. And we are seeing that in San Diego right now, it is a chasm between those two issues. I think that the fix right now is not going to be a quick one. You know, Preller came in nine years ago now. Yeah. So he's, he's had different iterations of, of, of going for it. And at almost every turn, Steve, as you know, He's shown a willingness to either spend big or make big trades, and he made that massive trade for for Soto, and he gave up some pretty talented players, a lot of guys that are part of a, a resurgence in, in Washington, D.C. I would say that if the Padres had just kept the status quo, and I love Juan Soto as a player, but good teams like the Dodgers, who are a great team in a lot of ways, have a balance between veterans and youth. And the Padres, in the way that they've done things, have never really found a way to strike that balance. And it's importantly seen right now in their everyday club. And when I look at their everyday club, Stephen Rich, do you know how many people in their starting nine, their most frequent nine-player lineup, how many of them were drafted and developed and began their pro careers as San Diego Padres. I don't see one. I was going to say, I yeah, I was going to say zero. zero. Tatis yep. was in a trade with the White Sox, so I don't see any. None. Zero. The answer is absolutely zero. So, so the only position players who signed their first MLB contracts with the Padres were Hassan Kim, Luis Campusano, and, and Matthew Batten. That's it. And and Hassan Kim, of course, had come over from beginning his career in Korea, so he's not really a, a drafted and developed player through the minor league system. He arrived to the major leagues. So you basically have two guys, two position players, who are who are homegrown players, and, and they're not the core guys. 
and and that to me is what's going on here. You've got you've got a collection of players without having the infrastructure of, of building from within. And and the Dodgers have been able to master this. Look at how homegrown and how talented the Baltimore Orioles are with all of their own guys. And we're seeing now that when you spend and spend and spend and don't have culture and chemistry, this is what happens. And and the the, the fix is honestly patience. You've got to now allow some of your younger players to come in and and fill in the roster. But you may also have to at this point in time, guys. Look at making a move this offseason. Do you put Juan Soto on the trade market to get a little bit younger and a little more athletic and, and kind of share the ball a bit more from the standpoint of the, the, the lineup burden with just some different looking at bats? You know, they've had guys that have been injured. Cronenworth is now hurt. It's just been a disastrous year where the personnel just has not met the demands of Major League Baseball now in 2023. When you look at total payroll across Major League Baseball, the three teams at the tippy top are the New York Mets in first place, the New York Yankees in second place, the San Diego Padres we were just talking about in third place. All three of them right now have below 500 records on the year. Which team in the offseason do you think is going to experience the most roster and front office and managerial turnover as the 2023 season comes to the end? I think the Padres likely will because I'm not sure. Uh, there's been no statement yet about about Bob Melvin's future in San Diego. I think that's an open question. Uh, there may be an open question about AJ Preller's future. Perhaps it's it's a situation where one comes back and the other doesn't. I think it's all. All things are, are possible right now with those outcomes and the San Diego Padres. And, and, and I just think that when you consider the, the dynamics of this roster, they're probably the team of those three that has the, the best potential to put one of those superstars on the trade market and just see what kind of offers come back. They may have to include some, some money in a deal to make it work. Maybe there's a bad contract for bad contract type of a trade that could happen between the two, but they have got to really work on this. This is a a question that I think the Padres really have to wrestle with. Do they find another team that could take on um, Bogarts' deal or Machado's deal or, or, or for one year of Soto would, would give them some value? I, I think all of those things have to be entertained here and, and really take a look at the future of this organization because – I don't see a really natural path for this team to be a lot better next season unless they get younger, make some moves, and, and really look at a, at a fundamental change to the way they're doing things. I also think that with the Mets, of course, they've already traded Verlander and Scherzer, but Pete Alonso could be moved as well. We're seeing, seeing more and more reports about Alonso nearly being moved or that there having been a lot of conversations with the Brewers and the Cubs at the deadline. So I think we could see some pretty fundamental change there in New York as well with the Mets, the Yankees. Goodness, guys, I think that internally maybe this is Josh Donaldson's last year as, as a Yankee. Uh, do you take a look at the pitching staff as well to bring in some more, uh, more stable pitching that has a chance to stay healthy? Right now, they just have not had luck in that regard. So I think all three teams could see some changes, but the Padres most of all. All right, well, next week, JP, obviously we turn the uh, calendar to September. A lot of baseball news, but be ready. We'll be all over you about your Michigan Wolverines week one of the uh, college football season. I'll have a full report for you uh, from 
my, my spot in the stands there in Ann Arbor, Michigan Stadium. I, I believe it's going to be a, a committee approach coaching the game uh, with, of course, Jim Harbaugh uh, not being on the sidelines for week one. I, I may try to call some plays as well. You know, I, I really I, I think, you know, Rich, I'd have to ask you, do, do you think if I went back and, and maybe started running some plays out of the wishbone or the wing tee, could we go like old school maybe in the fourth quarter and, and experiment that way? What do you think? I mean, if there's any coach to do it, it's Jim Harbaugh. I mean, let's face it. The way they won last year with running and defense, let's let's run it back. Let's go all the way back to the the, the early, uh, like the NFL AFL merger days. Let's just let's just see some uh, two yards in a dust of smoke football. There you go. Quorum off tackle right. Quorum off tackle left. And when you're really feeling bold. Let's go quorum off right guard. Let's, let's pull a guard. It get really exciting. How about All right, that? we'll get ready for next week. JP, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. All the best, guys. Have a great week. Thank there you. There he is, the great John Paul Morosi. Yeah, he is a Wolverine fan, even though he had a slum going to school at Harvard is where he actually went to college. Um, I don't know how that worked. But anyway, right now let's find out what is trending. And Monsi has been scrambling today because – you got a little baseball going on. We only have one more preseason game. I don't know why there's no college football today. Yeah, I really thought there were college football games today. I, mean, I was why, the stupid one I mean, one they had Friday morning. games, but they had no... Why? Yeah, it just seems like you could have taken advantage of it. Yeah. Like... I mean, next week we have a full weekend of college football, but... Yeah. They missed an opportunity They really, today. really, really did. Well... The tour championship play was suspended because of inclement weather. It's back on, and Victor Hovland is still in the lead at 23 under par overall. Xander Schauffele is still six strokes back. Like, he's been in the lead, and nobody's even kind of getting close to Victor Hovland. So we'll see if he ends up holding on to win the tour championship. Let's move on to Major League Baseball. Remember, it's so romantic. I guess when you suck, you probably want to fight, right? So the Yankees ended up losing to Tampa Bay. But don't worry, guys. The benches cleared twice in the game before the Rays held on to win 7-4. to The first time the benches cleared was because Randy Arosarena was hit by a pitch. And then the benches cleared. Then he stole second and third base. And then the benches cleared again. So is that the umpire's fault? Did they not control it after the first one? I got a lot to say about umpires again. I mean, please. I I am all about eliminating umpires. Yeah, listen, it's just... I, I've said this. It's, you don't have fouls. You don't have penalties, right? right? Why do I need an umpire? Very fair. Everything can be done electronically. Ball, strike, safe, out, fair, right. foul, done. Yeah. And by the way, as soon as you start complimenting umpires or officials <laughs> or referees, they immediately let you down. So yeah, really? Yeah. Really, though? I'm going to blame them for everything. The Yankees <laughs> had no fault in this occurrence. For sure. It was, it was honestly, it was blue. Right. They, they screwed it up. Yeah, like what were you doing if it, and it happened so close to each other? It's like, guys, come on. You got to do something here. Why are you out here? The Cubs, they dominated the Pirates 10-1. Phillies blanked the Cardinals 3-0. And of course, of course, Kyle Schwarber hit home run number 35 on the season. The Dodgers beat the Red Sox in Boston 7-4. Mookie Betts also hit his 35th homer over the Green Monster. Freddie Freeman, though, is officially the Dodgers' single-season franchise leader in doubles with 50. He had two doubles in this game. The Orioles had a chance to win, 
but the Rockies held on. 4-3 was the final score. The Mets walked it off against the Angels 3-2. The Mariners have scored first against the Royals. It's 1-0, bottom of the second inning. The Rangers still have a lead over the Twins, 5-4, bottom of the eighth inning in Minnesota. And the Brewers were down, but not anymore. They scored seven runs in the sixth inning. They've taken the lead over the Padres. It's 9-6, top of the seventh inning. Astros all over the Tigers, 14-3. But those three runs for the Tigers, of course, Miguel Cabrera. I mean, at least you get to see that. I I like this. I mean, me too. His last, I don't know, five or six years have been not great. Uh, He's already cemented, obviously, a spot in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. One last tour. One last tour. Hits a three-run homer. He was uh, DHing and put them at least on the scoreboard. And the Guardians and the Blue Jays, I mentioned earlier, it's been back and forth. They're headed to extra innings, tied at six apiece. In the NFL, the Dolphins announced that Daywood Davis has been released from the hospital today after being injured in last night's preseason game at Jacksonville. He's headed back to Miami. The Dolphins and defensive tackle Christian Wilkins were unable to come to terms on a new deal. This is according to the NFL Network. So the Dolphins and defensive lineman Zach Sealer agreed on a three-year extension worth up to 30 million with 20 million guaranteed. An MRI confirmed that Cleveland Browns receiver and returner Jakeem Grant ruptured his patellar tendon in yesterday's preseason game at Kansas City. He's out for the season. Missed last season with the ruptured Achilles tendon. In college sports, Arizona State is self-imposing a one-year bowl ban for the 2023 football season. This decision stems from the ongoing NCAA investigation for alleged violations that occurred under former coach Erm Edwards. Whew. Wow. What a day. What a day. <laughs> I was going to say, your <laughs> update was busier than the actual day. I know. I mean, you talk yeah, about creating something from nothing. Well, that's all the time we have, folks. <laughs> that's that's it. it. Wow. <laughs> Um, okay. And we didn't even talk about the rib this time. No, not even. Uh, the show is over. Goodbye. A tremendous job today, Monty, to say the Likewise, least. Likewise, All right. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, very, very quick uh, follow-up on the Padre situation, Rich, because obviously you're down in San Diego, and obviously I was there for quite a while. Um, it's really bizarre because it's been a, a horrific year considering expectations, and yet they've sold out the ballpark. All but a handful of games. Uh, I know the announced ticket prices are going to go up. What is the what is the general mood right now in San Diego toward the Padres? Oh man, um, I guess it would vary based on the day and what happened the night previous. But it, it, the varies are from disappointed to extremely disappointed. <laughs> right. I mean, this. But they're is still the, going to the ballpark. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, now, now don't get me wrong. It, that crowd is thinning out more and more as they continue to get further and further out of the right. playoff picture. But yeah, they had a record number of sellouts. Um, they or a record number of consecutive sellouts this season. Um, this is the most any owner has ever invested in a baseball team in in Padres history. Um, like I said, they're top three. They are third from the top of the wrist, uh, list in overall payroll this season. None of those teams will make the playoffs, by the and way. And none Mets, of them Yankees, will because the, the Padres, Yankees yeah. are under 500. Yeah. The Mets are under 500. They had a sell-off at the trade deadline. And the Padres, um, while they added at the trade deadline, they continued their poor play from the first half. It's it's just been a head-scratching, bizarrely inadequate season where the fans – I, I would say have never been so 
let down by this team. And this is a team that has never delivered a championship, has only made one World Series run in the history of the franchise, and this is the most disappointing uh, season the fans have ever endured. All right, coming up on the other side, we'll put a wrap on things, including getting you ready for a full week one of college football. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Behind him is Austin Jones in a new set of downs as the ball is dropped. Caleb picks it up, trying to make something happen. Throws long, and it is complete. And at the 30, the 20, the 15, 10, 5, and touchdown USC Taj Washington. Something out of nothing. It was a fumbled snap. Caleb went back. Most coaches will tell you to fall on the ball. Not Caleb Williams, not Mr. Heisman Trophy. Picks it up and throws a touchdown pass. How do you do? That's Peter Arbogast, voice of the USC Trojans on Learfield right there. Solstar Progressive Play of the Day, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Steve Harper, Rich Ornberger, Fox Sports Sunday. We are live from the TireRack.com studios, by the way. There's a Heisman moment already. I don't know if you got to see that play, Rich, but I, I mean, he dropped. I mean, he fumbles the snap. You know, it goes behind him as he's back in the shotgun, and he just heaves the ball. Yeah, and right on the money. Um, he he's going. I don't see, barring injury, how whoever gets Caleb Williams next year in the NFL draft is going to miss. I mean, he is a can't miss prospect he certainly has every single indication of being that type of special player however look it's football man i know and you know guarantees that's for sure yeah there's no guarantees and injuries happen which certainly i'm not hoping for because the more you know extremely high level quarterback play we have at the college football or the pro level the more interest there appears to be in this sport so I'm into it. I know that the majority of fans are into it. It's turned into a passing game. And with a four-touchdown performance against the San Jose State Spartans yesterday, I mean, if if he's on his path to win his back-to-back Heisman, or I should say if that's his aim, that's his goal this season, I think he's off to a pretty darn good start. want to thank our crew, Iowa Sam. We will uh, respect every single Sunday oh. that we can get with this man. I'm soaking it up, guys. Soaking it up every <sighs> single week. Yeah. I mean, it will be nice to have my weekends free to watch the NFL and college football from home, but there is something special about sharing it with everybody here and just like, I mean, I get so hyper. You'll see me running around. (laughs) Iowa scores a touchdown like, you know, once every six months. So, you know, I I celebrate it. It's like a holiday. It is. Uh, So we got a lot of football starting with a full week one of the college football season next week. Monsi. You made more out of nothing today than anyone in the history of your position here at Fox Sports Radio. Well, thank you. Thank you. But I do have a plan that maybe we can kidnap Sam on the weekend. You're going to see me around filling in every once in a while. So Yeah, we don't like every once in a while, Sam. Yeah. 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 Okay, so maybe we kidnap him. Oh, Um, interesting. Ransom. Give me back my Sam. (laughs) And of course, Bo. Now, Bo, this is going to be like your first full year doing the Sunday show, right? Yeah, yeah. I've filled in I know you've been there, but yeah. Ryan Bershinger is the most unreliable person in radio. (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) Um, Let's let's speak it. Uh, You know, (laughs) 
we got to take Sam down a peg here, though, because I don't like this too much. Uh, <laughs> no Iowa football on any of these TVs when he's gone is going to be such a pleasure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't it, know. it was There's painful, some, you know, when you look up Penn State and Iowa, you know, we turn to the begin. fourth quarter and it's nine to six. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Thank, yes. thank it's like preseason football. Yeah. You're like, yeah. you avert your eyes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hey, um, uh, great job by everybody as always. Uh, okay, Rich, I, I want to turn back to college football. You're Nittany Lions, obviously, along with most of the college football world be making their debuts this week. If you weren't, I know obviously you could picture yourself as an All-American at Penn State, but was there any other college football program from a uniform standpoint that you wished, yeah, look, I'm a I'm a Nittany Lion to the core, but yeah. just to see me in that uniform, I wonder how it would look. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when I was in college at Penn State, there that was the time when Oregon yes. was really starting to get experimental with their uniform. It's like the Jeff Schwartz years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So every every season it seemed like they tried to outdo their last and you know, almost as a gag, like I would love to see what I look like in highlighter yellow. <laughs> <laughs> or, or neon green. I don't know if that would. I mean, the Penn State white to me. It's very slimming, by the way. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. I looked like were... the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. <laughs> it was. It was not a good scene. How? 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 Do, how are you? Because um, it looks like uh, we're, throughout the college football season, uh, we're going to have a rivalry between you and JP with this Michigan Penn State rivalry. Did you ever envision yourself with that very distinctive Michigan helmet on? No, no, never, wow. never. And it wasn't Are you even a fan of that helmet. I, yeah, it's, it's okay. I mean, it's. I mean, you know, like what? I mean, it's, okay, it's let me ask a, you this question. Yeah. Like, I understand you right. know, it's the great north of this country, and the, you know, maybe there's some wolverines that, right. you know, are running around Ann Arbor outside of the mascot name. But like, what about? Anything to do with that uniform makes you think Wolverine. (laughs) Uh, Well, we'll break it down. I I agree with you uh, about that. Not much. Uh, Hey, don't go anywhere, folks. Keep it right here. This is Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.